The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the More You Noble Sports Podcast. I am Mike Noble, and joined alongside of me by Caleb Noble. Uh, and everybody, happy Sunday, and we have won six in a row. Yeah, I mean, this is the run they needed to go on. We'll see. I mean, it's going to have to be sustained for, will they have a month and a half left around that? A little bit over that, because they play a little bit in October this year in the regular season. So 45 games. That's a lot of games. A lot I mean, of that games. Was enough, I mean, you think about it in this way. That was enough games for us to fall out of the division, because we were way in, we were leading in June at the end of June, I mean sorry not June the end of May and by the end of June it looked a lot different. So this I mean it takes one team to fall and us to continue to play well and we're in it. But sands a bad game last Sunday against the Royals here at home, which really wasn't a we bad game. But we could have easily been looking at nine in a row. Yeah. And now people people will say. And the doubters will say, well, you've played Kansas City and, and Pittsburgh. What do you say to that? I say that when you play those teams, this is exactly what you want to do. I mean, the schedule is the schedule, and you're playing in the NL Central. We know what division we play in. And the way it's working with COVID and they want to limit traveling, well, um, we're playing the Central teams. So I don't really care like that that's our schedule because that's, that's the schedule we're playing. I mean, you look at the other teams. They play bad teams all the time, too. The, I mean, you say that. The Padres are in the middle of a four-game set with the Diamondbacks. You think they expected to lose three of those games? No. They're major league teams. you got to win games. Each, I mean, two wins against the Dodgers count the same as two wins against the Royals. They may feel different, but they count the same. Absolutely, and if we remember right, about a month ago we were playing Detroit and Pittsburgh, and we took two of six in that yeah. series, or in those two series. And two people of were two of five. Oh, no, two of no, six. Two of six. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Two of six, and people were clamoring and, and upset and angry. And obviously, we have come on here, and, and you know the wave of emotions of a sports fan. It's so it can change like that. Yeah. Like it can change in in the, in one play, it can change. And last week we had Rob on, and we were both kind of all of us were kind of in agreement. Hey, we're probably a 500 team right now. Now that might be where we end up. We don't know how it ends up. We have we have uh, Milwaukee coming up, but here's the thing. And Caleb talked about this earlier with me. The deals that we made with Lester and Hap, we don't know what Lane Thomas is going to do in Washington. We don't know how. Shout out to him, by the way. He just got called up to the team today. Shout out to Lane Thomas. We are both big Lane Thomas fans. Let's hope that Washington will will adopt the hashtag Free Lane Thomas, and they will do that. Hopefully, they don't have to. Hopefully, he just plays. So that's really, really good news. Again, we don't know how those are going to turn out, but Hap, uh, out of the six wins. In a row, he got two of those on this road trip. Yeah, and Lester, Lester pitched well as, as well. I mean, those are two guys that I told you this before the season. Those are guys, I mean, before not before the season, like right after the trade happened, that those are two guys that they go out there and give you six with two earned or less. It doesn't shock you. I mean, if Woodford or Oviedo were almost at a place with those two, it would shock you. So that's why they did the moves. They have two guys, and it almost works out now that Kim is hurt, even though it sucks because you want to have him out there. But now they don't really have to make a decision for a while with Kim and LeBlanc on the I.L., and when that comes back, it's going to be an interesting thing. But if those two keep pitching well, I don't see any reason to take either of them out. Well, here's the thing. Lester, Lester gives up a lot of hard contact, but he also keeps the ball on the ground. Our starters over their last 31, point, 31 and two-thirds innings, two earned runs. Now, that is not including Wade's start because of the injury. I'm not going to count Wade's start because he had been, he had been very solid for us. And, and that was three, obviously though. He did. But, again, I'm not counting that because of the injury. So we don't know. You know, he said he didn't feel what right coming in. Uh, so we don't know. We don't know what happened there. But without his start, I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive stat. And boy, boys and girls, 
ladies and gentlemen, Nolan Arenado is fucking on fire. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's Nolan. He, I saw his post-game interviews kind of pumped up. He's, he said, this is why I'm here. We're in it. He, I mean, in past years, at this point, like he's, I think he made the playoffs one time with the Rockies. I believe they so. They weren't in it. Like They were not in it at this point. He is in it, even if they don't go on a run here and they don't end up making the playoffs. Right now, they're playing meaningful baseball, and that's all you can really ask for. You're not going to make the postseason every year. He, cur- he currently has 25 home runs, 78 RBIs, and an 839 OPS. However, in his last seven games, three jacks, 11 RBIs, a 321 average and a seven or a 1.126 OPS. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's no one are not numbers. What we paid for. That's what you and I said. I, I have gone on record as saying, and I will continue to say it. Since Albert Pools, I've never been this excited for a player to be in the Cardinal uniform. And I love Jack. That's not, I love Jack Flaherty. I, I love Paul Goldschmidt. I, I'm enamored with our outfield right now. I, I liked, but I have not been this excited for a player in a St. Louis Cardinals uniform. And that includes, I loved Berkman and Beltran and all of those guys, but since Albert. I mean, he was one of my favorite players in Coors. I mean, Colorado. He always was. He had the fire. The fire. I, I mean, when I think of Nolan Arenado, it sucks right now because I, still, I still think of the Rockies for me. I think of the purple. I think of the Father's Day cycle. I mean, that's one of the coolest moments ever. He had a cycle on Father's Day, ended it with a walk-off homer. I mean, he's the most exciting player in baseball besides Tatis. He's one of them. When he's playing well and when they're winning, I mean, there's not a game that we you can't show me one game that we've won this year that he hasn't been a huge factor in, except for the games he wasn't playing in. He always does something, and I think another player we really need to talk about that you have been very mean to, Tommy Edmond was great in the layoff spot this series, like great multi-hit game in all three games, and big big hits too. Okay, I would like to to every I, one you need to read. Take back what you just said. I'm not taking it back. I have not been he mean great. to Tommy. I am a Tommy Edmund fan. So, Tommy, if you're listening, I am a major, major fan of yours. I have just sort of gone on the record, and I will stick on that, that I believe this team is better when he can be used, not exclusively at one position. We can move him around. We can bring him off the bench. And next year, obviously, we're going to talk about the DH at a later date. I mean, you're going to have a lot more flexibility with this roster, I believe. I, I just... I believe his value is very high as a um, Marwin Gonzalez type. That's what I say. I, I mean, I, I can see that, but at the same time, when the when the Astros won the World Series, he was playing left field every day. So he wasn't he wasn't moving around. He could move around, but he had a position. And Tommy's rating out and everything as a top second baseman defensively in the league. And when he's hitting, like that's he's one of like very productive hitter. The key for Tommy is getting on base, and over the last seven games, he has got on base at a three thirty three clip. Uh, he's only hitting two forty. He did have a really good series. I, I think his key, and one thing, and it's going to come with growth for a young player. It's going to come with growth. That Tommy is going to have to have to learn to get on base more, draw walks, not swing at that ball in the dirt. Uh, that's not a, a winning pitch for him. And when he gets people to come into the zone, we've seen he can be dangerous. He, he has a lot of growth to go, as far as I'm concerned, to be an, an everyday starter for the future. Yeah, he does. And I'm, I'm almost on board with him batting sixth. I mean, would that be fine? Sixth or seventh? Harrison Bader has not looked very good lately at all. He has a couple hits, most of them infield singles. He had two hits yesterday, and he did hit one of them really hard in the left field. He is not looking really good. I, I, he needs to be in the eighth spot every day. For fouled me. one off his fouled one off his foot. Yeah, he's today. fine though. He ran up um, a fly ball pretty right. well after that. 
But I mean, this is what we wanted. Paul Goldsberry and Nolan have both been hot. Right well, now. We have, we've talked about Goldie. Uh, we we want to see Goldie and Nolan get hot at the same time. Uh, an eight seventy OPS over the last seven games for and for that being Goldie, said, with no home runs. Yeah, his power with numbers no aren't home there. Runs. If those two go on power, because we know Goldie's going to go on another power streak. He always does. If those two can go on a power streak together, could you imagine what that means for this team? Absolutely. I mean, that could be. That's like. I mean, they had almost every RBI. The the game that they scored nine runs this series, I believe it was the first game. Um, Tommy had three RBIs. Uh, Goldie had three RBIs. No, two RBIs, and Nolan had four. So that was like, I mean. Back to your Bader point, over the last seven, 259 average isn't bad, but a 259 slugging. Yeah, he hasn't had any extra base hits. Right, not not. He has hit a couple balls ball. that are have were homers, but just barely foul. So he's still hitting the ball hard, but. I, I'm going to still go back to. And this isn't this isn't a shot at anybody as far as the lineup because we are winning. I still just believe that Goldschmidt is much better used in the fourth slot. It's working. We've won six of in a row, nine of twelve. It's hard to argue with all of that. I understand. I just still think with Goldie's power, I think it's eight of twelve. Nine of twelve as of today it was eight of eleven coming into today. We got swept by the we got swept by the Braves, which is three, and then we went two. I of apologize. Eight of the Royals, okay, so eight of twelve. Um, either way, right? Really, really strong. And all of a sudden, you look up, guys. We're only four games out of the wild card. Four and a half. That's pending the, pending game. the game. Correct. I I want to see. Actually, could you look to see? Do we have one more, one less game than the Padres? Absolutely. Do? Let's see. We have. What did I tell you before? We have how many games left? Forty-five. 45. And the Padres after today will have simple math here. Forty-two. Forty-two. So they played three more than us. They played three more than us. They played one hundred nineteen games. We at 120 as of today. We've played 117. Okay, well that I mean, that's, that's huge. huge. That's really big. That could hurt us or it could help us. I mean, well, I don't think. I mean, unless you go on a on a, on a losing us. streak, it shouldn't hurt you. It shouldn't. But if we were, and the last three games of the year, this um, needs to be mentioned. Those should all three be wins. That's going to be facing a Cubs team who would love. I'm sure would love to play spoiler to us. Who's lost 11 in a row? But they are not. They're going to want to go home. They're going to want to get on their break and come back next year and look to that. So if they can just stay in it to, for that last three three games, they've got to get within three and a half by the time they face the Padres, in my opinion. And that's going to be a huge stretch because they got four games against the Dodgers in September that we all know are going to be are going to be tough. So agreed. But agreed. I mean, you can't ask for more. You're getting an easy way to get back into it right now with these teams. But and those are the teams you got to leapfrog. The teams you're playing. And you come home. You come home. You have a day off tomorrow. We have three against Mulkey for those of you who watch on TV. First of all, I'm not going to get it. Bally Sports freaking sucks. That's all. We'll get into that later at a later date. But for those, and it's not Dan. We love no, Dan. Danny Mack is one of our favorites. So it has nothing to do with He's those guys. He's one of the best local guys in the Right. Business. How we're not on the road, how these guys are not on the road for the games blows my mind. St. Louis Cardinals, what what are you doing? Bally Sports, what it's are we the doing? the Cardinals. They don't Bally, use that. Bally Sports, you, you can't tell me that the Cardinals don't have some influence over that. You just can't. I mean, they so probably what are we doing? could, but they can't say they're going to pull a deal. They've signed a contract. So they, what are we doing? They have why no are, leverage. Why is Danny Mack not in, in Kauffman Stadium I don't know. Today? I mean, and Brad Thompson and all right. those guys. And I'm sure I, they love it. I, don't I mean, think, if you're well, them, we know probably, Danny does. I would think that's probably one of their favorite experiences, too, is going to the stadiums. This is ridiculous. But also, there's no reason that a camera flaw should cause a guy to be, not be able to call the game correctly. <laughs> today, he was like, well, I guess he held up on the swing. They didn't show the first no. baseman guy. So, I mean, it could work fine if the camera guys were better. It shouldn't work fine. It's 2021. I understand COVID protocols, but we got full stadiums. There is zero reason for our guys not to be in the booth yeah. calling the game. It doesn't make any sense. It's Mickey Mouse. Let's get out of this. It's Let's knock this off. It's definitely errant. Um, one thing I would like to talk about, 
Uh, as we do, we do have the Brewers coming in. Devin Williams coming into town. We're big Devin fans, obviously. Uh, want to see him pitch well, but us win. Does that make sense? Well, who do we, we have? Burns, Woodruff, Freddie, Freddie. Oh baby! I mean, you got the three, and we, we got our we got three. Jack, Wayno, Jack, and either Miles or Lester. Right? I hope. Looking at, I want to see Miles. I don't know that you. Bring I want to see. That's what I'm saying. I want to see Miles because I think he has a better chance to have a really good start. But at the same time, like I, I think he he, he can pitch against the Pirates. That's the next series again. We play the Pirates again for four. Like I think that's much better suited for his debut to come back and pitch against the Pirates. And that keeps here at, at home, uh-huh. low stress. Hopefully, if we can hit like we've been hitting, if we can take two or three, we you have to take two or three. There is no losing the series, Agreed. in my opinion. If you want to be real and you want to say hey, we're here and we're coming for the playoffs, you cannot lose this series. And it's here's the here's the thing too: if you take two of three, which let's hope, I mean let's hope. Right. Um, also, what we what I I lost my track of thought earlier. I think the early starting six forty five with everybody back in school. So remember that for those of you tuning in. But if you take two or three from Pittsburgh, you've got six against or I mean against Milwaukee, six against Pittsburgh and two against Detroit. Here at at home we have Detroit. That means they lose to DH. We have seven against Pittsburgh. Seven That's against three Pittsburgh. Yes, yeah, seven against and then we Pittsburgh. Go to so you've got you've got some winnable games coming up. I mean, yeah. And and these are the times. Hey, Nolan hugged Greg, Nolan hugged Greg Amsinger. He told him we're gonna make the pen, or we're gonna make the wild card. I mean, they're in it. They're they're in this it. This is all we could ask. And this is all. Like, and honestly, for me, if they don't make it, they don't make it. Like that's gonna. I, at that's this gonna point, suck. I'm in. But I've just, I've been saying this all year. I've been talking to you about this. And you're like they're not gonna get in it. I'm like I just want them to get in it so I can get excited. And last week I was talking about it. I just wasn't excited about anything they were doing because I didn't see them going on this run and the Padres losing. But that's what's happened, and the Padres, as we speak, they're winning the game, I believe, still. 4-2. 4-2, but, I mean, and the Padres are going to Coors. Coors is not an easy place to win in. The no, team's not very one good. Of the, one of the best home records in base in but, the National League. I mean, and their Coors. pitching's hurt, which doesn't yeah. help at Coors. So we'll see how that goes, but they could make up some ground again. I think the way they have to look at it is at the end of every week, I mean, at the end of every series, you can't have lose ground. Right. You, like, don't lose ground. Gain ground or stay the same at this point, where they're at four and a half out. Four out right now, but it looks like it's probably going to get to four and a half as the Padres. They, they pitched a bullpen game today, but they've still got their high-end guys waiting. And, and we, are, we are chasing a lot of teams. That's what always makes it a little bit more difficult. However, some of those teams are waiting. We're, not, we're chasing one um, team. Well, we are, you're chasing Cincinnati. You've got to chase San Diego. Philadelphia's right there. The Mets, I, we've talked about the Mets, and I don't even know what to think of them anymore. Uh, four and six in their last ten. Phillies have played well. The Reds are both six and four. San Diego four and six. We're eight and two in our last ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's you have to go. But we've seen this before on a seven and three or an eight and two. It has to be an extended almost thirteen and two, uh, seventeen and three, sixteen and four stretch over twenty games. Not don't just look at the small sample size. Let's look at the, and let's the be, 20 to be honest. Games, ten, and that's what we need. ten games is a relatively big sample size. You think about it. That's one sixteenth of the season. Correct. And that's true. like that's a relatively big sample size. And the next ten, I mean, look at that. That's three games that are going to be really hard to win, and then seven you expect to win in the next ten. So you're looking at a team, even if they were to lose three to the Pirate, I mean to the Brewers, which I don't think they can. You could still look at them going seven and three in their next ten. Like that's where they're at. They have to. I think they have to take two. Um, one, one at the very least, but two would be great. In my opinion, that first game is huge. It's huge. I've said got, that all now, year. and we need to tell we got Wayno coming back. Mm-hmm. Let, we have to talk about Wayno's game against Pittsburgh. Yeah, right. Um, the the domination, complete game, eighty eight pitches. The stat of the day for me: only he and Greg Maddox 
have thrown a complete game shut out under 100 pitches, right? Mm-hmm. Maddox did it 11 times. Now, t- 11 times, under 100. Now, Wayne, somebody reported that Wayne always told them he wanted the number on his pitches to be the same as an inning, mm-hmm. which obviously, we, you, we're always looking at pitch counts, yeah. and, and that's great, right? He was under that, right? So you want to be in the 90s at the end yeah. of a nine-inning game, which is very difficult in today's baseball. Yeah. 88 pitches, masterpiece. I don't even know what to say about him anymore. I think I think we're getting to the point. He's going to be in. He's going to be in the argument to be a top five Cy Young finisher. It's going to be tough because I mean you got three guys from Milwaukee that might all three get into that. But he's and you got be, Walker Bueller. He's going to get votes. Like he is going to get votes. I don't know where he's at. Um, and you got Zach Wheeler. But he has the, he has the most starts, second most starts with over seven innings this year. Yeah. Behind Zach Wheeler, who's been great, but just kind of got lit up last game. I mean, I don't know. He's defying time right now. 39 years old. And you look into this Milwaukee series, once again, we're going to bring it back to that. Him and Jack going games one and two, you feel really good about winning one of those games at least. Absolutely. At least being right in them all the way yeah, down. all the way through. And, and Alex Reyes got a lot of rest. Gio hasn't thrown in two and days. And we've seen our bullpen pitch incredibly well lately. And, again, it's not a coincidence. You and I have talked about this. We didn't just invent this. Everybody as Cardinal fans have been talking about this. When your starters go deep, and you score runs early, it changes the entire complexity of the game. And there's more. There, there's so many layers to this, and I was talking to you about this this year when you were saying how bad the offense was. I told you they didn't have any motivation to score some of those games because they were blowing every lead they were getting. Right now, everything is clicking. I mean, you look at the pitchers. They pitch better when they have a lead. Hitters hit better when they think the pitchers can hold the lead. And the bullpen does better when they don't have to pitch three times a uh, series. I mean, it's all, it all relies on the starting pitching and the offense early. And, when and if you we can were, do both of those things, they've scored in the first inning of almost every game in the last 10 games. If you can keep doing that, I mean, you look at the way the offense is built, it's built to do that. You've got Goldie and Nolan, I mean, and Tommy and Dylan and whoever's up there, and Tyler. I mean, it's built, they're a, a team that's built to win. And I told you it made no sense why they weren't winning other than the starting pitching. They, were, they have a complete team when the pitching is healthy. The one thing we would like to see is... We still continue at times to get early leads and then stop stop scoring. And I know that's there there are a lot of factors that go into that. You're seeing different pitchers, you're seeing a different pitcher every I understand all that. I would still like to see I love when teams really do just like push down on the net. They did that the last two days. They though. did. Well today, um, today they didn't. Today they didn't. They it's scored a, it, seven early okay, and let's stopped. Let's be honest. It was a Sunday day I game in understand. August in Kansas City, Missouri. I mean, scoring seven early, they wanted to get the hell out. They said we just scored seven. Let's get out of this game. It felt like a day game. And go home. It felt like a day game right. in August. That's what it felt like, and that's what it was. And they won. I don't care if they would have won this game 3-2. to two. They won the game. That's all I care about. Um, big shout-out to a guy that early on we were kind of like, why is this guy in the game? But Luis Garcia looks nasty. And we, you said, when we were at a game, he has nasty shit. Like, he has good, good stuff. And we couldn't figure out why he was getting hit like he was early on. He's not getting hit at all. No, no, His last 11 and two-thirds innings, zero earned runs in 10 Ks, including another inning and a third of scoreless today and hitless ball. He is dealing. And when you add him, if that can again, we don't know. Luis Garcia, like you said, and you have said, there's a reason the Phillies got rid of him makes you a little skeptical. Yeah. Right? However, and the Rangers before that. However, it, it, maybe he found something here. I'm maybe, not, maybe it's just maybe it's just the trust of, of a team that said, you know, we're going to put you in the game, and now you're seeing that leverage go from a guy who would come into the game up seven or down seven to coming in games up two or three to to hold a lead maybe when you need yeah, him and to. Yeah, meaningful baseball. By right. Way. But also I think there's two guys that I've been very, very 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Critical? Critical of the whole year. And that's been great. I mean, great. Nope. Mike Maddox and Yadier Molina. But you can't tell me that all the pitchers they brought over here that have gotten significantly better is not because of them. Because the list just keeps growing. I mean, it's LeBlanc, he was first. Then you got McFarland. Then you got Lester and Hap. And then you got Garcia. Right. That's five pitchers that they've come over here. McFarland also been very good lately. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I'm saying. saying. They've they've all five come over and gone from being DFA'd by bad teams to now being... Like, big parts and big contributors of this team. So, I mean, I don't think that it's coincidence that those are the two guys that are, like, highly raved about across the league that are helping that happen. And also, you've got to think, and and here I will be a little critical. One thing that still rubs me the wrong way, sticks in my craw, if you will, right, is the fact that you can't tell me, you can't tell me that we couldn't have got J.A. half three weeks before we got him. And what still bothers me is that we have a, a, a GM that knew we were hemorrhaging at the starting rotation, and did nothing to bring anybody in, right? We brought Wade LeBlanc in to be a bullpen guy, and then out of necessity, we put him. Like, you can't tell me that... I just hope that we're not looking back October 1st, and we, we, we're out by a game of the playoffs, and we look back to those June and early July games where we were doing nothing to help the team. We were just watching. It was like watching someone drown in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And we just all stood around and watched it, and we were like, oh, that really sucks. Yeah. And we did nothing to help them. At the end of the day, I mean, I get that. I hope the team's not thinking about that. I'm sure they're not. I'm they, sure just they, you and I. I mean, hindsight, like idiots always like 2020. They need to move forward. They have. They've got a chance, and that's all you can really ask for. I mean, Jay Hap. I don't blame him for not pulling a trigger on a June Jay Hap deal. I, I'm talking early July. When we knew that they were trading everybody. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And, I, and again, you and I were critical. Like, we kind of made fun of Hap and Lester. I mean, because of their age, they were, you know, we didn't have to give up a lot to get Hap. Um, well, we don't think we did. John Gant. Right, right, right. We don't, we don't think we did. But, you know, I just think if you could have made that trade on July 30th, we probably could have made that trade on July 10th. You can't tell me the asking for, they were holding us up for J.A. Hap July 10th. You just can't. And, and again, I'm not even saying him. I don't know. Those guys know way more than I do. I'm simply saying it sucks that we went through three weeks of everybody knowing, get somebody in here, and we didn't. That's, that's, I'm hoping, like I said, we don't get to October 1st or 2nd and look at it and go, oh, shit, one game. Well, one, we lost a game in September, and that's what cost us. No, it, it could be those June and July but, games. I mean, that's true, and yeah, that would suck. If we if we go out by one game, there's going to be so many games you can look back to. Agreed. Agreed. But that's every team that that falls short. Absolutely, it's, every, it's a 162 game season. Like there are so many opportunities that you have in a season to win a game that you don't win. And yeah, they're going to look back at that if they don't make it. But I think thinking about that's a little premature because I think this should be an upbeat episode because they have oh they I have, am. they have flung themselves straight into the conversation. By no means. Getting talked to, I haven't seen one tweet. From anyone that's not a Cardinal person, uh, that's not negative, since Jack got hurt. So now that I've seen people like the Red, the Cardinals are hot, they're in it, they're back in it, and they are. And they've got guys that have been there and they've done that. And while I would be shocked to see the Padres not make the postseason, and honestly that would kind of suck, I feel like we might be robbing baseball of fun if that happens. I mean, it's possible. How many times have the Padres gone out there and spent money in the last 10 years and not made the playoffs? Almost every year. They, they've gone. Remember when they got had that big free agent um, signing of Will Myers and Justin Upton and Melvin Upton and all those guys, and then they just fell flat. Like, I mean, we're looking at that could be happening here. And I've been saying the whole year. I think the window for San Diego to actually win is next year. They get Clevenger back. Very so, like much like Toronto. 
Yeah, and Toronto's playing really well right now. I really hope they make a push, but... Yeah, I mean... And also, I agree with your upbeat, and by no means was I trying to be Debbie Downer there. I, I'm just simply looking back, and I was thinking about this earlier, and I wanted to get that out. Like, it still does kind of stick. It still does kind of rub me the wrong way. And I'm I, not going to lie. And I agree, but that's every team that ends up falling short with 80 Right, 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 right. And here's what I will say. Okay, Dodgers. Dear Irvin, dear everyone in that lineup, can we go ahead and pass the San Francisco Giants, because I feel a whole hell of yeah. a lot better if we're playing a one-game playoff against the San Francisco Giants than I do going in there to face Walker Bueller. Yeah. <laughs> or, Max Scherzer. Scherzer. or Max Scherzer. Or Max Scherzer. Or Urias. Or, right, we don't, well, we don't, let's hope, shout out. Knock on what I hope. T's and P's to Clayton Kershaw, let's hope he gets back. They said back. They, think, they think he's right. fine. They did transfer to the to 60 day, but that was only because they won the roster right. spot. So let's hope that he's back. But again, we have somehow... We still don't know it. We have handled the Giants this year. Yep. But the Dodgers scared the living shit out of me. I mean, they both do, and it's a one-game playoff. Well, that, so, where anything can happen. And I don't think, and I mean, looking at the flip side of this, I know the Dodgers are probably confident because they have one through eight and two guys on the bench are all superstars, it seems like. But no one's like, oh, I can't wait to go face Arenado, Goldschmidt, and Jack Flaherty in a playoff game in a one game where I could go home. Like, no one wants that. And Jack might get his redemption game that was when he got hurt, so... There's a lot of storylines that could be adding Absolutely. up here. Absolutely. Let's so, just hate. Let's just keep just it rolling, boys. Just get in. That's what, and that has been my motto forever in baseball. Just get in. The problem because is... Anything, hey, we saw we saw a pop fly go out to left field, get called an infield fly rule, and the next thing you know, we beat the Braves when we shouldn't have beat the Braves. 2012? Right. Yeah, and we also <laughs> saw Kyle Loesch bun a ball over the third baseman's head that ended up winning us a game to get us to the World Series. <laughs> so, so, I mean, anything can happen. We, we've seen, we saw Chris Carpenter pitch the, the game of... Of a lifetime when I at thought, 39 years when old I thought or 38 years old. Jimmy Rollins was going to step on his head because he slid into first base. Um, one thing we, we talked about, I, I'm. it was really cool this weekend to see Nolan and, and Tyler go back-to-back twice. They've gone back-to-back four times That's, this year. But it was great to see it in a series I know, I'm just twice. Saying. Right. Now, can we get a goddamn Goldie Nolan back-to-back? It's almost building up to that being a big <laughs> moment late in the game. Could you imagine like a ninth inning Goldie Nolan back-to-back to get some of the Off playoffs? Off Josh Hader, maybe this week. Okay, no, I don't want to see Josh Hader this week. <laughs> okay, I, I, I don't want to see him at all. And you said you want them to do well. I don't. <laughs> I, I like Devin, them a lot. If you're listening, do not listen to this man. No, listen to me. Throw him fastballs down the middle. Actually, <laughs> don't. Off the we can't up. hit it. We can't hit the fastball yeah. either. If, if you throw but, a no in the changeup, make sure it's inside the thing about because Devin, everything soft, he's destroying The thing right about now. Devin is if he does well, guess who you're seeing next inning? <laughs> Josh Hader. I don't want to see Devin do well. I hope we break the Big Mac line sign again off him. And then he, he'll be fine. He's going to make a ton of money. And he's going to be a closer somewhere soon. Absolutely. Just pitch bat for three games. It's right, fine. Right. Fair, no hard fair. feelings. You uh, have some roots here. Just be nice. We're, you we're guys gonna, are fine, too. <laughs> they're going to make the playoffs. They've got it covered. That's a good just point. Just come in and lose. Good it's point. fine. Let's take a look around just really quickly. Uh, really excited for the second part, our second half today. Um, as We'll talk about that here in a minute. we got a lot to talk about today. So well, we're going to take a break here in a minute. But we do want to kind of go through the, the standings with everybody. Atlanta. Uh, eight and two, playing incredibly well. They have a rebirth there. You know what they call it? Hotlanta. I mean, Hotlanta. There's a reason that the Almond Brothers even put out a song, right? So we know that they, that there is that. Um, but yes, Atlanta eight and two in their last uh, ten. Philly's still hanging right in there. Bryce Harper's still. You were talking about Atlantic City, were you? No, I was not. Okay, I was hoping not. I was no, Atlantic I City's the band on a song written by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, Atlanta. I mean, last week we were talking about the Phillies. Now you're talking about Atlanta. 
I mean, they're 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 in it. That whole that division is a clusterfuck, to be honest. And that's the only word I know. It's a little bit harsh, but that's the only word I can really use to yeah. describe it. There's three teams in it right now. Um, I don't. It just sucks for the Braves so bad that they don't have Acuna. Because I think if they have Acuna, you're looking at them maybe with the four games. And league. Soroka. The difference that guy makes of Soroka if Free would have been healthy the whole year. But I mean, once again, they're in it. They're winning the division right now. Any. And, any and news I really, on the Marcelo Zuna front? Have we heard anything outside of Chargers dropped? Um, the Chargers, the Chargers were not dropped. They were just transferred from a felony to a different thing. I don't really want to get into it. So we think he's, he's probably not coming back. I don't. I've heard that it's most likely not going to be jail time, but at the least he's going to get suspended from baseball for a lengthy amount of time. Okay. Okay. So I don't really want to get more. No, than no, that. I, I, don't I don't know, know much. Enough. I just wondered if there. Were, I hadn't the, heard anything. The charges of the strangulation, everything were dropped. I don't know if it was. I don't know what the situation is there. But um, the Mets, I really want them not to make the playoffs. I absolutely hate Mets fans. <laughs> All of them. Every single one. If you're a Mets fan listening, I hate you. I just do. They are so, so aggressively rude to everyone. And they, they, were, and they were talking shit. They were talking shit on the Cardinals. We have a better record than them. Am I right? We do, right? We do. Yeah, we have a better record than them. You just happen to be playing in a division where no one wants to run away with it. If someone, if they had the Brewers in their division, good lord, they would be back 100 games. All right, since we brought up the Mets right now, you have some explaining to do. Okay. Okay. From our last podcast when Rob joined us, you very specifically said you do not like the colors blue and orange together, Mm -hmm. which is why you hate the Mets and the Knicks. Yet right now, if the trajectory stays the same and it could change, University of Florida, the Roaring Gators... Or where you're it's headed. It's a different color of blue. It looks like the same damn color no, to me. No, the blue's a little bit lighter and it looks a little bit better. That's not why I hate the Mets. I hate the Knicks because of that. I hate the Mets because they're fans. So, so I would like you to explain I like the, the orange and blue. I just don't like the darkness of their blue. Their blue is really dark. Florida's it's a little not. bit lighter. Yeah, blue is really dark. They have really dark blue. Illinois like has it. dark blue. Go look at the Mets jerseys. Their, their blue is dark. They don't have light blue. <laughs> I, I've never liked the Mets either. I don't know what it is. Okay, what about the Knicks? I the Knicks, want, I, yeah, right yeah, now is your time to explain I hate yourself. the Knicks jerseys. Okay. The, I, it's not necessarily maybe even the blue, but they're what white with the Tebow, orange. What if Tim Tebow doesn't make it with Jacksonville? And he says, okay, I've, I've, I've been an NFL quarterback. He goes to the Knicks? Check. I've been a minor league outfielder who hit tanks. Check. Uh, NFL tight end. Check. Okay. I'm going to the Knicks to play small forward. Would you then love those colors? No, I'd be confused on why they signed a six foot two, thirty five year old small shooting forward. guard. Shooting guard. Then he's playing off the ball because what the Knicks need is another guard, right? They only have forty seven of them. Yeah, no, I mean, I love Tim Tebow. I really do. So you're saying that I love his, that. I love his okay. pregame prayers and how much, how how upbeat he always is. But I mean, if he goes there, that's fine. He hasn't really had much success at any All other right, things in his enough, life. Fair enough. Okay. Well, thank you for explaining that. I just thought we needed to get that out. It was a little harsh, by the way. I'm sorry, Tim. <laughs> Milwaukee, Milwaukee's second best record in the National League right now. I mean, they are, they're, they're just, that is a really I, strong, strong top to bottom baseball player, team. And the Eduardo Escobar signing, or trade, I just think made them, a, a, I think they're a potential World Series. I think I came on here and said that a couple weeks yeah, ago. I think they're a World Series contender. I mean, you go into a series with those three. And that luck. bullpen. Good luck. And the bullpen. And that, I mean, that's a team that's built. Chase Anderson's gotten roughed up a little bit lately, but he's been pretty good. And I know that um, what's their, le- their lefty? He's hurt right now, but yeah. he'll be back. I mean, that's a really good team, and they don't. Even, and they're playing like this without their Christian Yelich being Christian Yelich. Yeah. If he can get hot, which I really hope, I hope for his sake he does, because he seems like a really good guy, and he's been struggling hard for now, almost two seasons, and that's hard to watch. But if he's out there doing his thing, 
I mean, that's there's a really complete team that knows how to win. They're not a good. They're not even a good hitting team, but they score a lot of runs. I don't understand it, but they have something going on there. William Adams has been a game changer for that team. Cincinnati sent two games ahead of us. Uh, Cassianos gets tossed in the first inning today. I, I, the pitch was close. It was. Mm-hmm. It was still not a strike, and this was obviously. Uh, brewing over from an entire weekend of what I have heard and seen of some of the worst umpiring in a series you could even... And then David Bell just came out, and he got every... You could just tell. I think he went through every single play they fucked up on the entire weekend with them after they tossed him. And he was like, I'm not leaving. I have a lot to go through right now. And if David Bell... If you toss David Bell, that means you did something wrong. Because that dude does not get tossed very much, and everyone loves him. He's apparently one of the most respectable guys in the league. So if he comes out and says some things to you, that means that there's something that needs to be said to you. And, I mean, that's just been umpiring the whole year. And, it's, I mean, Castellanos, obviously, he's playing at an MVP level. He's going to get frustrated when you get him out because he knows how valuable he is to the team. And it was a quick ejection, too. He didn't say shouldn't much. Happen. Shouldn't happen to baseball. Here's the thing. I didn't even know he said I was watching the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know he said anything. So even if he says something that he probably shouldn't say, right, that you wouldn't want your little children to hear. Nobody else knew it except for he, the catcher, and the umpire. Unless it's like this a- is a pennant race, guys. Unless he is standing and throwing something and in his face or really making the umpire look like an idiot, you can't do that. You can't do that. And it does depend on what he says. Because if he attacks you like full on <laughs> and says something, there are certain some things, of them need it. There are certain things where I'm like, yeah, you're gone. And there are certain guys that say things knowing that they're going to get ejected because they want to get ejected. But based on his reaction, he didn't think he was going to get ejected no. from it. Which One means he shouldn't have gotten ejected. From line it, of the day. Back to David Bell. I'm watching the broadcast. It's a Phillies broadcast. And after Bell was done, the announcer says, I, I swear he said more words there than he ever did when he played for Philadelphia. <laughs> so, like, when Dave, when you see David Bell lose, and obviously he's going after to protect his players. I love to see that from a man. I love David not, Bell. Not, same, I wish we would have hired same, David Bell. Same. Um, so, there is that. Just quickly, let's hit on the American League, and then we're going to take a break here in a second. Tampa Bay continues, 7-3. and three. They, don't, they don't go on losing streaks. Um, Boston got cold there for a little bit, but are, are playing better. Mm-hmm. Now, now, they are 5-5 five and five in their last 10, but they did play well this weekend. Uh, the Yankees, that lineup, when you look at that lineup, it is dangerous. We're going to talk about the Field of Dreams game when D comes on, so I want to hit that. Uh, and then Toronto, also 5-5. Five and five. They're sitting eight games back, five out of the wild card. It, it, it's going to be a lot of fun in the East. Yeah, and you, you look at the Yankees, and you're just like, how is this team not absolutely matching right now? And they, they have been a little bit. But that team still doesn't reach potential. Their pitching rotation is just so injured. It's so injured and so... I mean, look at it. The household names there are Garrett Cole and Jameson Tyon. Other than that, it's like a hodgepodge of Nestor Cortez Andrew Juniors. Andrew Haney. Andrew Haney's terrible. Yeah. He, he's been <laughs> awful since he joined them. Just like, I don't know what they thought was going to happen there with him. I guess they were hoping he hoping could neutralize lefties right. in New York. And he has he's had some really good stretches in his career, so I get it. But I don't know what they're looking at, if they're going to look at the... Wild card. That division's so weird to me. The Central's over. Yeah. And they have Eloy and, and Lewis Robert back. And by the way, they I just talked about the Yankees lineup. The humans on the Chicago White Sox look like they could that that looks like an NFL. And team. the guy who's been overlooked is Andrew Vaughn, who's been really good. Absolutely. He's having like a he's gonna be in the top three in rookie of the year, I'd assume. He had another bomb today. I mean Imagine that division going, there's not much to say about that division. Imagine going through that it. lineup. It's over. And that's but, exactly what we thought before the season yeah, too. Right. You looked at the build up of that team and they got Craig Kimbrell. Ryan DePera, and Cesar Hernandez, who, by the way, made three errors today. Very bizarre. Which is but weird, because yeah. he's normally like a yeah. gold glove finalist. But, but he's hitting second for them. I thought he might hit ninth. He's hitting second Tony for them. Tony loves a two-hitter. Yep, 
with, with who can get speed. on base and can run. That's yeah, why I had and he has pop. And he has pop. He has some pop. Um, um, he's not. I don't think he should be batting second. To be honest with you, I mean, it's working. They have so many elite hitters up there. Like, oh, you'd love to see Luis Robert batting second. Yeah, I, I don't think you put that kind of pressure on a guy like that. Um, Hernandez is a guy who gets on base. And when you've got those three, four, five guys, and you've got Anderson and Hernandez, and then you get to Abreu, and you've got Mark Moncada, and you've got Jimenez, and you've got Robert, and you've got Vaughn hitting seventh in that lineup, I would have... Yasmani soon. He should be coming back sometime yeah, soon. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's one of the best lines in baseball. I, I'm all in on the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know how you can't in. be. They're not... Lucas Giglione needs to step up, though. Just, like, straight up. I There were there were three errors on him, which obviously makes your pitch count go Correct. Up. But and in some pretty pretty big. Yeah, he only had two hundred runs in four yeah. innings, but that's not that's not the start you need no. from Lucas Giolito. He really does need to step it up. He hasn't been great this year. He hasn't been Lucas Giolito, and you can look back at the sticky stuff, and that's kind of when he went on his his stretch of not being great. So maybe maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Normally, you would say what sucks for the White Sox is they're playing not to get hurt, but they will be playing to try to get that top spot uh, to have that home field advantage because you're right there with Tampa Bay and Houston. Uh, Houston still leads in the West. They're playing well. Oakland's gotten hot. Uh, and, you know, we, we knew it would happen. Like, Matt Chapman maybe starting to turn the corner a little bit. Starling Marte was a great addition, even though they lose Laureano to the 80 games. So, uh, that's going to be fun. Seattle, I was really hoping they could stay in it. The, now, we, who knows, right? They're only five out of the wild card. They're sitting a lot like the Cardinals are. Mm-hmm. So, they're not out of it. Kellenick's gotten hot since he's been called back up. He has four home runs since he's been called night. back up. Um, so, who knows, right? You, ne- you never know with that team. They, they play Toronto this weekend. So, it's going to be fun. Like I said, guys, keep an eye, an eye on it. It's really, really exciting. Uh, anything else you want to add baseball before we take just a little break here? I know I think that's about it, but I do want to say I think Houston, that team is so good. That that's the best. That might be the, the best team in the American League. I mean, them and the White Sox, and I kind of love it. You know, I, I love seeing the bad guy. You know, Joker's my favorite character in Batman. You know, although, I mean, I love seeing the guys that everybody hates rise above it and people that continue to hate them but not really know why they hate them because they only have like five players from that same team on on Houston and I just want to see Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve in the in the World Series again and just see them get booed in the World Series like they like they right. would like that'd be crazy but that's about all I have to add about it. All right guys, listen, thanks. Uh, we're going to take a break. We got to pay the bills here in a second. One, we are really super excited for the second half, so please don't go anywhere. We're just going to have a, a little break with, with the ad, and we'll be right back. We have Deep Hagel joining us today. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, NFL preseason is in full gear. We want to talk a little bit about the, the, some of the quarterback situations throughout the NFL. We want to hit on the, that Field of Dreams game, which in my mind was incredible for baseball. Incredible for baseball. We want to hit on that. There's a few other baseball things we want to hit on as well as some other NFL stuff. Uh, The NFL trying to become the no-fun league again. I don't know what the hell's going on there. We want to talk about that. But we're really, really excited to have him on. Uh, Come back after the break. Don't forget, please give us a a, a follow if you haven't on Facebook. Uh, Our following, we really appreciate you guys. You've done awesome. Find us on Twitter. We're at more underscore noble. Obviously, you can find Caleb at CalebNoble08 on Twitter. Interact with us. We're having a blast on there. We're having a blast with this, but it's all because of you guys. Thank you so much. Find us on your favorite podcast platform, whatever you're listening to us right now on. Give us a five-star rating. Uh, We really, really appreciate you guys. We're going to take a break. We will be back in just a minute. Hang on. We'll be right back. Back, everybody, to the More You Noble Sports podcast. Thanks once again for uh, waiting for the break and coming back and joining us as we are super, super pumped to have our first guest uh, straight from joining, joining us from his living room in Bell Vegas, coming in as possibly the head of the Baker Mayfield fan club. 
the LeBron James apologist, the Ohio, the Ohio State fanatic, and the Belleville Park and Rec Baseball Coach of the Year, Dee Pagel. Hello, hello. Great to be back on. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. How's everything going? You? How's it feel to be the first reoccurring guest on the podcast? Uh, it's quite an honor. Um, I got to say, again, it's just the, the podcasts have been great. Your, your, all of your guests have been great. I'm not sure why you chose me to be on second before the rest of them because I think... Well, the they... other ones told us no. <laughs> so, so, we were like, okay, well, there's... I guess we'll just get D back. And we really tried to find about 10 other people, but they just wouldn't reply to our texts. So Yeah, I just keep going down the line, and eventually you hit me. That's right. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. Blind squirrel, same Right, story. right. Yeah, kidding, buddy. We're glad to have you back. For those of you joining us, uh, D is, we are super excited. We have a lot of big news coming up for the podcast over the next few months. But the first one is we're going to be doing a, a pretty good in-depth NCAA, especially Power 5 conference preview and NFL football. We're, we're both incredibly excited for the football season. And D is going to be our AFC North correspondent and our Big Ten correspondent. So uh, who better to have? So we're really excited for that. Uh, we're, we're geeked you're going to be doing that, dude. Well, yeah, especially if you, if, if you are a fan of the Browns or Ohio State, everything's going to be slanted that way. As far I mean, as that's what we want. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, people around the Big Ten fans like Illinois, you know, uh, another state I, I'm not going to say live, you know, or, or Penn State or Wisconsin or the Steelers or Ray, you're going to get really hacked off at the things I have to say. So <laughs> that's what we want, right? Okay. That's exactly what we want. So we are pretty excited about that. And we've got a few other guys who are going to um, be our correspondents for some other conferences and some other divisions in the NFL. It's going to be awesome. We're really, really excited to get these reports and, and be able to talk in power five conferences with everybody. And then also to be able to talk NFL football with everybody. So that's going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm, I'm excited for that. Sounds uh, great. One, one thing, one thing, the first segment came and I kind of spent the first segment just going through the Cardinals and, and everything. And we spent the, uh, the, the end of the segment, just kind of going through playoffs. We, we like to talk as far as what do we see happening. A lot of cool stuff. Cardinals playing really well. But for you as a, as a, as a Guardians, when do we switch over? Well, I, I kind of already have in my head, but I think officially it's going to be next, you know, spring training next year. At the okay. end of this year, they're going to start changing things, the stadium and everything else. I think to get ready, I'm going to start calling them the Guardians. I've reverted to just until next year, just the Cleveland baseball team. Just to avoid any offending anyone. Sure. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Just stay away from their former name. Big doings. And I do want to hit, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this unless you'd like to, but Tristan McKenzie dominating today. Like we saw it last year. He came up and obviously he had some injuries. It appeared and he just didn't look right early on today. Eight and a third inning took a, took a no hitter into the eight or to the ninth, I guess. 11 K zero runs. He was dominant. I got to watch a little bit of that game just through MLB's pop-ins and everything. Um, that would that has to be as an Indians fan to see a 24-year-old. He looked like he did last year. You've got to be geeked about Tristan McKenzie. I mean, that's what we were told he was supposed to be when they drafted him. And um, you're right. He didn't look right early on. And there was speculations being made about why that was. So he's been kind of on a, a small little roll going into this game. But today he really busted out. And it was good to see. I mean... I'm still waiting on the tweet. You know, you, you guys put out this tweet about Oakland beating Cleveland 17-0 and, and talking about how embarrassing it was. I'm I'm wondering, is the is a tweet going to go out to the Tigers Nation 
with you know 40,000 people in the stands wanting to see Miguel Cabrera hit number 500 and instead they lose 11 nothing to Cleveland at home like that I mean you know there's levels of embarrassment and there's that I'm going to leave that to Caleb. To be fair, I don't run that Twitter, so he sent out the tweets. And I'll, first of all, I didn't send out oh. the tweet. I just it, – it's what we like to call in the business. But you were you were pretty trigger-happy to send it on over to me, though, Caleb. <laughs> when did I send it to you? So I just think, did hey, speaking of, speaking of, um, let's just talk a little bit about the – you and we've all been talking quite a bit about the – the, the Indians pitching staff coming up again, not only geek for McKenzie, but the future looks really, really bright for next year with that rotation. When you're looking at Bieber, Savali, Plesak, Quantrill, and if Tristan McKenzie's your five, you know, we, we talked about how the White Sox are running away with it this year. And I think the White Sox are set up to win potentially for the next five years, but Cleveland could be one of those teams who really is a thorn in their side but also is a team competing maybe not just for a, a wild card, but a division, if they would just go out and sign some goddamn hitters. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of baseball teams in the league, right? But all those players that put on that Cleveland uniform are playing with pride for that city. And uh... Here they are. I am positive that all of them are now hanging at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, when they're done, they'll probably go get – what's a, what's a good Cleveland – I don't even know a Cleveland restaurant. Mm-hmm. They'll probably go to the good one there. Good there's got to be a good one. There, there's and always Subway. Paddle boat together down the Cuyahoga River, right? Is that what will happen tonight? Um, I don't know about paddle boating on the Cuyahoga, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of celebration. But, no, in all seriousness, the the future does look bright for the pitching staff. And you're exactly right. They got to get the offense um, boosted up. But I mean, yeah, it's if this rotation. Well, we got Bradley Zimmer out here hitting five, 470 foot home runs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what the hell? What, what, in the, what, what, what is he eating for breakfast? Well, it was just, it was this podcast. And we gave him a little, a little spotlight last time, right before the card series. And uh, he's been on a roll since then. So, so as our Cleveland insider, what you're telling us is Bradley Zimmer's going to be on the podcast next. He week. needs to be a guest. I think he owes right. you owes you a big cent, you know, deal of gratitude here because he just by being mentioned, something changed with him. You're looking at next year for that team. And there's obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of places and I mean a lot of spots in that lineup that probably need to be upgraded. I like Josh Naylor. I know he dealt with injury this year. Uh, obviously I like Jose Ramirez. And I like Roberto Perez a lot. But why you don't you think they should go out and get one of those big shortstops? Like if the, or Marcus Simeon, like that would be the guy I'd be looking at if I'm them. I mean, you could go out and get a guy like that or Trevor Story or any of those guys. I mean, that's a game changer in your offense. That just makes you one I don't know why they want it. I mean they have they don't their payroll is so low and you can get a guy I mean, Javi Baez, that would be a really big one. I think that should be where they're looking. I know they've got Andres Jimenez, but I think he almost needs to be your second baseman. If you could go get a guy like that, that could change that team to be, oh, wait, we could be in the playoffs again this year. And go get Nelson Cruz. He's played for every other team in that division, it seems like. Go get Nelson Cruz. Yeah, I don't. I, I know what you're saying. I don't know about shortstop being a priority for them. It's it's outfield for sure. The outfield has to be boosted up. And you, know, you mentioned Roberto Perez. He's 32 years old, and I think he has a 7 million team option and he really kind of peaked a couple years ago when they hit that 20 plus home run season and since then it's been just injuries and inconsistency I would really be surprised if they 
pick up that team option on him being 32, especially with Austin Hedges sticking around. But um, yeah, it's it's I, I kind of mentioned this not to just keep repeating what you're saying, but I think they have a good three, four, five with Jose Ramirez, Framel Reyes, and Bra- uh, Bobby Bradley. And I think if you go from there and you try to boost, you know, the spots around them, um, yeah, the, the the White Sox should be nervous next year without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bobby Bradley, I know you're a big fan of Bobby Bradley. And uh, is he their first baseman for the foreseeable future? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I would. I feel pretty confident in saying that, yeah. So does so, that move Josh Naylor to right field every day? Yeah, he was in right field um, most of the time. And he was in right field when he got hurt. But, you know, I'm – I'm concerned about about him coming back. To be honest with you, uh, it, and it's, it was so gruesome that injury, yeah, and it was such a big deal. And um, you know, I know it's a cutthroat league and business, but the emergence of Bradley Zimmer um, when they got Miles Straw, Zimmer can't play center field anymore because they have Straw playing center field. So that I know they want Zimmer to play somewhere, and if he plays right, it it might be pushing Naylor out. I don't know. What could he? Would you put him at DH? Well, Reyes is there. Then you got oh, Reyes. That's right. Yeah. You know, if I'm them, I mean, Stalin Marte. It sounds like all the needs could kind yeah, of be filled right by there. That There's guy. your guy. That'd be great. Yeah. That order every day in front of Jose Ramirez. I'm yeah. I mean, they tried Eddie Rosario on a one-year deal, and it wasn't a bad idea, but that that didn't really pan out. So I'm sure they'll be looking Marte for something like that. Oh, he's kind of a, he's he's like a borderline superstar when he's playing. To his potential, and I, I don't know. I mean, he's seen the impact he's had in Oakland. He's been a godsend in Oakland. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying obviously he's only going to get signed by one team, and there's going to be plenty of suitors out there. But if you're that front office, I mean, that's the guy that you're like, let's go full bore after him, give him some money because he could change that team drastically. And to be fair, if you had Straw, Marte, and um, Zimmer in the outfield, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a defensive outfield. You could as even well. platoon Miles Straw and Josh Naylor if you do that. I think you let Miles Straw go. I want to see what he can do. He's been a top prospect for a long time. He never got the full time shot in Houston. Had a little success this year. I think Cleveland got a steal with Miles Straw potentially. Again, we don't we don't know, but potentially that outfield be that. I mean, we're geeked here in St. Louis with our speed and our our outfield, but that would be a heck of a young outfield out there. It would, and you know, we'll see. I mean that. What is well? I mean, they have a lot of questions. They have a lot of, on offense. There's a whole lot of things to talk about. And in the past, they have a history of it not being free agent signings, but making big trades when they think that they're on the the doorstep of, of a window. And right. I don't know if they feel like they're there yet, but I think with this, the way the pitching staff has emerged this year, it might force them to open that window earlier than what they were planning. Um, so I would also look at a potential deal from maybe even a strength of theirs and dealing one of the starters to get someone under team control in the outfield. That's not a free agent. That's, that's, I mean, that's an interesting call. I don't know. Like, I don't know who's out there that would be available, but there's obviously always there's always someone. somebody, right. That's I mean, what I was going to say. There's always someone that's available. I just think if you could keep those five starters and go sign someone, just spend some money. I mean, they have so much money they could spend. Like they have lowest payroll in baseball. That is, and that, I mean, I'm assuming, I don't know. I don't watch many Cleveland games. I'm assuming they sell a decent amount of tickets. Like they probably have, they're probably sitting on a shitload of money right now. If you can unload that in a stalling Marte or I don't know who's going to be out there, but there are plenty of guys out there that could change the team into like, I mean, you've seen that team. No one expected them in 2016 to make the world series, but Jose Ramirez emerged and they had some guys Corey step Kluber. up. Well, Corey Kluber was already Corey Kluber. Yeah, that's true. But 
they and then you're in the World Series with a three-one lead. I know that one hurts. I'm sorry, but with a three-one lead, a chance to win the World Series. I mean, if you have a window of talent, I think you should just go for it. Like, why don't they just just go all in for it next year? I mean, that's gonna make the city excited. New and names, new, and that's yeah. the other thing. Like with the new name, I've got to believe. And although we know that franchises only get, I think, ten to fifteen percent for merchandising, but you're going to have, I got to assume, lifelong Indians fans, young Indians fans lining up to buy jerseys because they say Guardians now and hats and T-shirts and hoodies. Uh, I mean, that that's just more that's more money in the, in the kitty that we, we just want to see them go spend money. Well, I think, yeah, I think every Cleveland fan would agree with you there. It's just not, hasn't been their pattern. And for whatever reason, that's that's the case. And I would be surprised. It would be eyebrow raising to see them go out and, and make a big splash in free agency. They just have a track record of not doing that and instead doing it on the trade level instead. And the Cardinals have done that as well. They have. Be, we have done that here. With the trade level, so I I would be all in if they make a trade like to add to add to that thing. Um, I think starting Marte, what the problem with Marte is he might get in, into a major bidding war with a lot of teams, and he might end up back in Florida. Who know back in Miami? I don't know. Um, but you know, I, if you could make a trade, I'm I'm all on board with that. Since we talked about him earlier, switching gears to the second, Miggy sitting on 499 home runs. Uh, I can't wait to watch him get 500. Yeah. In my opinion. He is the second best right-handed hitter I've ever seen. And my number one is Albert for the 10 years that he was here. Um, and Albert says the greatest right-handed hitter he's ever seen is Miggy. Yeah. And uh, Miggy, I think, says the same thing about Albert. So, D, what, what do you think? Like, anything to say about Miggy? Oh, he's been great. I mean, I don't, I don't like him in Detroit. Um, right. You know, he's right. been a pain in my butt for a long time. But um, there, there's no – he has so many different friends around the league. You can see when he plays other teams. And um, how he jokes, he's a lot like Adrian Beltre in that way. And um, so I know he's got to be a likable person and all great things. It's just I, I will say watching these watching this series at home, uh, he looks very dazed. Like, um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to say nervous because he's gotten this far in his career. So I'm sure that he knows how to control that. But it just looks like the moment was getting to him a little bit with the really big boost in attendance that mm-hmm. might have caught them. I mean, not off guard, but may not be used to it at the home park for a while. He might be pressing a little bit, just, too. He's probably just not used to hearing cheering in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's there like, wait, I can, those aren't seats out there? There's people? Well, what Griffey hit his 500th here in St. Louis. I'm sure he wanted to do that in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, that Miggy wants to do that in Detroit. Detroit yeah. Uh, there's got to be a little pressure there. And then you're facing, like I said, Tristan McKenzie was dotting dimes today, man. He looked incredible. So, you know, I, like I said, I, I'd i have to go back and do some research, but he might be on my Mount Rushmore of all-time right-handed hitters. You know, oh, yeah. you've got Aaron, you've got Pujols. You, I, Willie Mays. We got Willie Mays. It's the fourth one, Miggy. It, it might be. I, again, I would have to – I'm probably missing somebody, and, and somebody's going to call me on this, and that's fine. Because I'm just going off the top of my oh, head. Uh, no, I'm putting. I'm. I'm I he know. Has every accolade you could ever. But want. you can't put him on that because of what he you can. You can't. About a I'm not. Head. I'm not. Well, was that Miggy in the steroid conversation? No. Too? So was I mean Albert and Miggy during that time. Everybody's name it seemed like came up. So it's just good. That would be an interesting Honestly, conversation I mean, to have. Rogers wants to be. be an interesting conversation. I mean, he's have. definitely up there. He's the greatest. His couple year stretch where he won the MVPs and he and got the triple crown and he won the triple crown. That's the best baseball player I've ever seen, best hitter I've ever seen, by far. Like it was every night he was hitting a home run. 
hitting two doubles. Yeah. He had hit that. I mean, he was doing it in a big field, the biggest field in baseball by far. I, I mean, I can't say. I mean, I got. I remember the MLB the show with him on the cover. I mean, I can't say enough. I love Mickey. I remember him at 19 with the Marlins hitting bombs off of Roger Clemens. Playing World Series with him. So, yeah, you know, pretty awesome. Um, just to stay, just a couple, a couple other baseball things. One big thing, this is awesome for me. I mean, I just think this is a great stat. Chris Davis retires. Uh, Dee's from Baltimore. Indians fan from Baltimore. All right, so your hometown. He retires. All right, two home run titles. He massive signs the biggest deal in Orioles history. Uh, was an All Star. They are going to pay him forty two million dollars over the next fifteen years. So there is the Bobby Bonilla deal, only on steroids. That's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, he was really fun to watch, and uh, I, I always still kind of relate him to Texas more than Baltimore. But um, yeah, he was. His story is something. He could really hit the ball, and he could also really miss it. Yeah, he really, really could. I think he had a Swiss cheese bat, and when he found the part of the bat that wasn't full of holes that went, I don't know. It, he's one of those cases of he got the money and didn't even like he didn't really try to get better. I'm not, I don't know it him personally. Really ran off the cliff. But it seemed like it was immediately when he got the money. Like it, it was he was rivaling Miggy when he, when Miggy was winning a triple crown to get MVP. And he goes from that to batting under 200 every year. And striking out like two times. Retiring at the, what is he, 35? But said? shout out to him for 42 million. I mean, like, yeah, that's going to pay every May 1st or March 31st or April 1st. He's going to go to his mailbox and he's going to pull out this check. It might, and maybe it's August, whatever. Maybe that's based off of today. And there's going to be a check for $5 million for the next 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> Do you kind of feel bad for Bobby Bonilla? No. The dude won a championship in Miami yeah. and only gets remembered because he gets a check every year after retirement. Well, he gets remembered. He was here a in, really good player. He gets remembered here in St. Louis because he got hurt with a week before the season, and we called up a guy named Albert Pujols. I'm saying just in general, like you hear Bobby Bonilla, you think of the right. terrible contract. Well, yeah, because people but forget how good was he was. A really Pittsburgh. good baseball yes. player, and he won a ch- and he was a huge part of the championship run in 2003 for the Marlins. He doesn't get talked about for right. it ever. <laughs> Right. The poor guy. But every year we celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day when he gets goes out to his mailbox and there's a million dollar check. I'm sure he's fine with it. I mean, getting paid a lot of money is. A I wonder. I wonder. Uh, as tonight is what I have always deemed the worst night of the year, as I have to go back to work tomorrow. But I wonder if I go into Hazelwood and I say I'd like to retire, if they will give me a forty-two million dollar severance package over the next fifteen years. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, all right. So Chris Davis. Shout out to Chris Davis. Um, you know, we've always heard the stories about the amount of people who die because cows fall off of the cliff. Mm-hmm. That was sort of Chris Davis. I wonder how many people died career. when Chris Davis fell off. Well, off. the Orioles organization <laughs> did. So a lot of Adam Jones got moved. We moved a lot of people yeah. on from that team. Um, all right, just to stay in baseball, just for a minute, because we got a lot of NFL talk that we want to get to. Really cool moment last night in baseball. Tyler Gilbert, first major league appearance, first major league start, throws a no-no for the Arizona, Arizona Diamondbacks against, of all teams, the San Diego Padres. Uh, where we sit as of right now, 2021 baseball season, eight no-hitters so far, uh, tied for first all-time with the 1884 season, which we all three are very, very familiar with how dominant of pitchers were in 1884. I have no idea who was on a roster in 1884. No, I don't, I don't know either. I, think I didn't know they played baseball. Was Oral Hershiser pitching? That's about all I got. But, um, yeah, there hasn't been one in a long time. That was I saw a thing on the movie tonight. It was like this should almost be like celebrated a little bit more because that's the first one since the crackdown. That's the first no-hitter, nine-inning no-hitter. The Rays got one in seven innings, so a mad bum. But since the crackdown, 
And against the Padres, the Padres are one of the best, if not the best, hitter uh, hitting team against left-handed pitching. And for a lefty to go in there and just shut him down. But also shout out to Tommy Pham, former Cardinal. Um, three times on base, only guy that reached base, he got on base three times, almost ended it. Hit a liner to Catal Marte that I like gasped because I thought it was going to. And get shout down. out to some of the other Diamondbacks plays that they made late in the yeah. game. Say that one of the best things I saw, and I don't know if you saw it yet, um, and I just saw it this morning was watching his dad. Like his dad was. He was emotional. He was in it, and he was emotional. And I, as a dad, like I can only imagine watching that your son's not just the emotions of your son's first big league appearance and start, but then to be going every pitch like that, that's got to be unbelievable. Now, was he okay? I saw he was 27 years old, right? Uh-huh. This what was this? This wasn't his MLB debut, wasn't he? I mean, it, was his, it was his first start in the yes, yeah, first start. MLB so start. he debuted start. a week ago in the bullpen. Yes. Okay, so he so he made his MLB debut this year. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I was first start. Yeah, I mean that's that's insane. That's incredible. And who was the? I saw Caleb mentioned 1953. Last time it happened in a first start. Oh, is that what it was? Uh, I didn't last know that. Time, no, you you were talking about that. Um, 1884, yeah. we had eight of them. Oh, I thought. 18? Eight There's, of them, eight in eighteen eighty four. Eighteen, yeah. not that's why you're Oral Hershiser. Eighteen eighty four. Yeah, okay. Not you nineteen. Said, you said nineteen. Okay, I apologize. But yeah, there was something like that, D, and that was, I believe, that whatever year it was. I don't remember what the year was. Yeah, it was the year before the mound got moved back because of Gibson. So it been sixty something. Do we yeah. know who that was? Do anybody read? I will look that up while you guys. Oh, I uh, one of the guys' name was Speed or something. Okay, that's what I got. So but it wasn't like were, some. They were kind of no name guys. It wasn't any like Hall of Famers or right. Guys that you would really know. It's just kind of a fluky thing. I remember, the, and there's not there's like a list of rookies that do it. It's not very long, just rookies in general. But to do it on your first start, yeah. Like I think you he looked at that start like, okay, well, shit, I'm facing the Padres. First start, if I get five innings of two run baseball, I'll take it. And I don't think he even dreamed of nine of a complete game no hitter. Like that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, do I wonder if any pitchers ever do? Like, is it is it one of those things that you go out? And, you know, obviously you're not it, – it, does it catch them off guard as well, you know? I would assume it does. I, From what I've heard, Justin Verlander, I think, I believe he's thrown two of them, two or three of them. And he every time he's like, it's always the day that I feel like I have my worst stuff. Yeah. I, like in the bullpen, I don't feel good. Like there, he's like, there's days where I'm like, there's no way no, anyone's going to hit me today. And then he never gets a no-hitter on those days. It's just a, it's a fluky thing. You obviously, There's always, no matter what no-hitter it is, there's always somebody that makes an incredible play. Like, always one place, like, that could have been a double, but the guy dove and caught it. It's it's just everything almost has to go right. You don't have to get any numbers to the third baseline. It's going to be a single. But, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. 1953, May 6th, Bobo Holloman. And who doesn't remember Bobo Holloman? Well, that, I think hit it for the St. Louis Browns. history is going to repeat itself here. I think we're not going to remember this guy. <laughs> hey, let's hope we do. Hey, give him his day. Right, give right. Oh, what is that? You coming after Tyler Gilbert now? Well, it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's let him enjoy at least the next four days and play a little golf maybe. It's in Arizona. So, you know. And do give, whatever give he his, did that his, day again. Right, right. Like, here's the thing we were talking about earlier. How do you go out for your next start? Like, it's only downhill I, 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 unless I, I, you throw a perfect game. I might retire. I'm like, you know that's what? That's what I said. I'm going I'm out on seven. I'm retiring. Like that's Moonlight Graham shit. Like and that's you look, one you get one shot and you throw a no hitter. It's so weird to me that he he just now got called up. If you look at his career stats in the minor leagues, he has had an ERA over three point four. Right. 
his whole minor league career. So, I mean, congrats to him. I hope it continues for him. He's in a to do that in Arizona right. against the Padres. Arizona, the ball flies in Arizona. So and, and like also a lot like Coors, outfielders play deep in Arizona, it's a big which means a bloop could fall. I mean, it's just you know, it's easy for that to happen. There's a lot of hits in Arizona. So shout out, even though Dee's trying to shit on his day, let's well, go ahead and give a shout out. To and here's the other thing. I mean, and technically, right, MLB is not counting these seven inning no hitters. In the double well, That was a nine inning. Yeah, but I mean, there has yeah, been Bumgarner through the seven inning one, right? Right, and I know the Indians got no hit for seven in a double header, also. So, like, was that against Tampa Bay? I think it was. Yeah, and I know header, I believe they are. Yeah. So, I mean, they're saying they're tied for the record, right? But how can MLB count seven innings as a full game in the standings, but then they don't count it? For no yeah. hitters. Um, hey, hey, we'd like to have Rob Manfred on the answer Our that. owner is a clown. Oh, you mean our commissioner? Whatever. Whatever yeah. he is, I hate him. Yeah. I, I really <laughs> do. He gets booed. He's the only commissioner probably ever of any sport to get booed at a draft. <laughs> and he deserves it. So, yeah, I agree, Dia. And I don't understand. Like, if we're going to play by the rules, then everything else is in play. Yeah. I mean, yeah. imagine Agreed. that. Imagine you being mad, Bum, and he had a lot of pitches. I get it. Was he going to complete that no-hitter? Maybe not, but maybe. Who knows? That could be his day, his right. one day in his life to get a major league no-hitter. Yeah. And it's ruined because you made these bullshit yeah, seven he's not games. Younger. Right. Like, how's that his fault? I, I agree. That I sucks agree. so bad. I agree. Like, I get it because nine innings, you shouldn't be able to say that Mad Bum's accomplishment is Tyler Gilbert because he had to throw two more innings, which is over 20% more of a but game. But that's not Mad Bum's fault. But it's not his fault. Right. But yeah. I do get separating the two, but I do think it should count as a no-hitter. But yeah, they cannot. I'm telling everybody I know in my Hall of Fame speech because he's going in the hall. He shall. He will. And that that I threw a no hitter. I don't care. I think he's going to tell everybody about the World Series MVP. <laughs> the year he threw in every single game. It felt like. Yeah, I don't know. Um, long, long, oh, long. just one more baseball thing here because I just want to hit on this. 1989. Um, a movie premieres. My parents take me and my buddy Tyler Arnold to go see it, over at uh, off of New Hall's Ferry. And ever since then, it's been on my top five list of favorite movies. There are moments you could catch me. I'm not saying it's, I'm not, I'm not comparing it to The Godfather or Goodfellas or anything Scorsese has done or Tarantino has done. But for me personally, just to sit down and watch it, Field of Dreams sits atop the list of movies for me as far as once I just absolutely love it. Hit uh, one being growing up playing baseball. Um, and then having a son who played baseball, it just hits at a different level for me with the whole theme of, of that movie. So watching the Field of Dreams game this week was really, really awesome for me. I've yet to go there. It's, it's inexcusable. The Cardinals play there next year. With we are. I would like to take a trip up there to go to see the place for sure. And now, especially with the Major League Park. But everything about that that whole experience. And, and a lot of people will come at it and say it was corny. I wish they would have played on the other side. And I understand. I understand all the right to corny. Did not mean that, but it did work out well, right? Um, but what it set up for baseball, the highest rating in 16 years. And, and D, we were going to talk about it. We did look that up. I wonder what that regular season game 16 years ago was. Yeah. It was the highest rated regular season game. I'm going I'm going to try to look that Probably up for a game 163 time. or something. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been a game 163 or something like that. But Well, that's a good call. For, for me, to see them coming out of the corn was super cool. As a player, that has to be – and I know, again, you know, if you're a player, you think, I'd rather be in Chicago playing this game. I don't want to drive to Iowa. I, I think they all seem to love it. it. Uh, maybe a little bit too much Kevin Costner throughout the night. No, but I'm okay with it because Costner. it is Kevin Costner and that is his movie. Uh, 9,000 people in attendance. You could get two tickets if you wanted them day of the game for $10,000. Um, Guy Fieri is out there pimping 
stuffed hot dogs into apple pies that looked unbelievable. Yeah, John, Smoltz said, John Smoltz said he couldn't eat enough of them. I thought Buck and Smoltz and everything to me was great. And then there was a lull. You know, you had home runs early, then the lull, and then obviously you get you get um, Judge and Stanton hitting absolute tanks to give the Yankees a lead, and then Tim Anderson walks it off. It was awesome. In my opinion, it was awesome. Manfred has come out and said they're doing it again. D, what, what say you? Um, number one, my power went out from a storm we had that night around the fourth inning. And so uh, I saw the the judge homer and I saw the uh, Abreu homer. And then it kind of went dark for us until the rest yeah. of the night. <laughs> so I had to catch up on it. Now, you know, it, but, but the whole feel was great. You know, um, it was nice. Now, I will say, I think MLB wasted an opportunity. And this could be, I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this, but they Manfred should have came out of the corn. Okay. And he should have talked about how, you know, second chances and everything else. And they should have had Pete Rose come out of the corn. And at that moment, reinstate him. And okay. Can we add to this? Because I love this. Could we have had like Shoeless Joe's like granddaughter come with them? Oh, reinstate them all. Yeah. Yes. Why not? If you're gonna do that it all. Ma- that's now that's magical. Barry Bonds just comes running to the corn. <laughs> he's not he's not even supposed to be there. He's just arrested on the spot. All of them walk the out. Bonds, Rose, Palmero, Clemens, Pettit, <laughs> McGuire, Schilling. The list goes Sosa. Shoeless Joe's granddaughter. But, but, dude, you're all, like that would have been. First it's like just a marching band parade out of the corn. That would have been this incredible. Is a parade of, this is a parade of the worst people to ever play Major League Baseball. <laughs> like, these are the worst humans we've ever had uh, play our game. But because we're in Iowa and some think this could be heaven, we're changing the rules right, right. now. But then they say they didn't let Niger Morgan in. <laughs> well, they should fuck, fuck Niger. Right. They said, you know, we, Niger Morgan tried to come here, but we had to beat him off with sticks. <laughs> oh, man. That, that would have been incredible. That would have. <laughs> That would you're right. That would have made it better. And Rob Manfred, once again, you missed out. Yeah, who's, who's the guy with the Rizzo jersey? Like, like he's dead. Like yeah, hanging. I, that too. I, know. I was like, is he okay? Is he okay? I don't know. I know he has COVID right now, but the Tim Anderson celebration after he's in the outfield stretching before the game, and they have him on mic saying, "I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to hit a home run first pitch," and then he does it to walk it off mm-hmm. uh, again massive Lance Lynn fan here, former Cardinal, was a massive fan of him. It was really cool. He didn't pitch great. That's okay. It was. I tweeted this. No one fits the, the mold of pitching in a Field of Dreams game in that uni better than Lance Lynn. I just want to, I just want to know how Lance Lynn fit in the corn to walk out. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's he is, hefty He now, is your man. big – I think he's Mississippi kid, right, with Ole Miss. Big Southern boy. Yeah, he's corn fan. And I love him. He knocked a stalk over as he was coming through. <laughs> I thought it was cool they brought him out. D talked about this yesterday, and there was no doubt that Costner has maybe lost a little step in his acting when he came out, and it just kind of felt well, a little pokey the way he walked onto the field. <laughs> but, I'm sure that's how it would have looked if you would have seen that in person while you right. were doing it the first time. Too. Well, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know if he's lost his step. That might be like be how he always is with the cuts <laughs> and the takes and the editing. I was awesome. I, I'm really geeked. I tweeted that night. I would love to see the Cardinals and the Cubs play in that game simply because. The Cubs have a minor league team in in Iowa, and we are the, the biggest. The Cardinals are the largest fan base as far as a, attendance goes from Iowa outside of the Cubs. Uh, you got that Midwest feel. 
it was supposed to be the White Sox Cardinals last year and it got canceled because of COVID. I, I think that would be a really cool thing. I think you're going to see – it's like the game that they play in Williamsport. I think you're going to see teams want to line up to play this game. Uh, as, as those guys, I'm sure they all grew up watching – not all. Many grew up watching Field of Dreams, and, and a lot had a personal connection. Alex Rodriguez had a great statement before the game about uh, when that movie came out, literally like a week or two before his dad had left, uh, and his mom took him and two of his buddies to see the game or that, that, that movie. Tough watch. And he said, he said, like when, when they're talking about the have a catch thing, it really, really hit hard. And, you know, just how it, it kind of almost motivated him to want. Now, it's A Rod. But again, I, I'm taking him at face value. And, it just motivated him to want to be better and to want to prove dad, his dad wrong and whatever. But it also kind of hit on something that he knew would never happen again. Just a, uh, for me, a movie that hits home and touches my heart a lot. Really awesome moment for me. Well, really cool. Would the White Sox have been happy though, if at the end of the game, LaRusso walked into the corn and disappeared? <laughs> I don't know, dude. LaRusso what, wasn't even there. No, he wasn't there. He was, he was at the, hey, hey, he was at the funeral of a close family friend, but way to take a shot at him too. Well, I, yeah. Okay. Take as many <laughs> shots at him as you want. I, I cannot, I'm a, the leading member of the hate Tony LaRusso fan club nowadays. I thought it was cool that, hey, former Cardinal and former big league, big leaguer Miguel Cairo got to run that game. Yeah. I think that was really cool. I think he's, he's got a big time uh, future in this game as far as he's going to be a head, he's going to be a manager one yeah. day. And uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, Aaron Boone just looks like he should be the New York Yankees manager. Um, that and that lineup, but watching Stanton and Judge hit tanks the opposite way was pretty awesome. I, I have a theory, and I've seen this go around the league a little bit, so I didn't. I, I'm in Twitter, so I didn't really make it. I think they might have brought the juice balls. That's what D said because those balls were flying. Tim Anderson hit that ball; it's probably gone most places. But that thing was like ten corn stalks deep, <laughs> and he, he barreled a low sinker, low and away, and just destroyed that. that they're they're going to get rid of Statcast, and we're going to measure based on corn stalk. I was going to say, can we now measure every home run by corn stalk deep? Yeah. He hit that thing 119 off the bat, 48 corn stalks deep. <laughs> but D said the same thing. D, go ahead. You told me this yesterday. Well, it wasn't my I something I read on social media. Um, so it, it's out there. It's being talked. I had not seen that. I maybe. I said no, and I, I know did. nothing about the Iowa climate, but my response was I wonder, because they do say the ball flies where Iowa Cubs play. Yeah. And that, now, that could just be that it's AAA and who knows. But the, the park wasn't huge. It was 380 to the gaps, which is a pretty good field. It was, normal. it was a normal field, but I have heard that the ball flies well at where the Iowa Cubs play. Again, though, that could be misinformation. I do not know climate trends and corn and how it affects the vectors <laughs> Of the clouds, I, way, I don't know. If you're the MLB and you have this one game a year, why would you not? Right, right. Why would you not? I mean, right. like, no one's going to know. And if they yeah. do, who cares? Right. It's no. one game. No Knowing one. MLB, they'll schedule the next one in April when the corn's just barely sprouting out. <laughs> or it'll be the year that, like, like farmers will be the soybean year. Bean the soybean year. <laughs> Tim Anderson's going to destroy some soybean yeah. plants. Cardinals Cubs hitting the that – one, that one was 48 soybean stalks. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, that's date. Either way. I loved it. I, I'm geeked for them to do it again next year. I'm not shelling out $10,000 to go watch it. So if there is anyone out there, I'm assuming D is going to make Bradley Zimmer a friend of the show. Maybe if the Guardians play there, uh, the Guardians of the Corn, <laughs> maybe then we can get him. Maybe he can get us some tickets or something like that. Or if Caleb would finally buck up and get Tyler O'Neill on the show, maybe maybe Popeye can get us a couple I don't, tickets. I don't, I, stop calling Popeye's toenail, first of all. <laughs> but... 
Tyler, I'm not going to mess Hold with Tyler. His mojo's got Dean, it going. Would you rather be called Toenail or Popeye? <laughs> Come on. It's T.O.Neal. Stop, like stop, stop, stop. We're not going to do him dirty like that. He is Popeye, and he deserves every bit of that. That man eats, like, corn. Corn Spanish. and chicken breasts, I think. Yes. Like spinach is what you're looking yeah. for to compare it. Yeah, well, I was going to get to that, but you stepped on it, so that's okay. Yeah. All right, hey, all right, anyway, let's talk a little bit. Let's switch gears to the NFL because uh, preseason in, in effect, D, I lost track of the Browns game last night, so fill us in a little bit. Uh, do you know, like, what? how did they end up doing against the Jags? What, wow. what, what did we do there in, in the preseason Browns game? Yeah, they won 23-13, but it really wasn't that close, and none of the – I mean, it wasn't really worth watching unless you were just interested in seeing Trevor Lawrence play his couple series. And uh, because most of the Browns starters on offense and defense didn't play, um, most of the veterans on Jacksonville didn't play. And that's kind of the same thing around the league. But Trevor Lawrence did play. And it was interesting to see him out there and Urban Myers coaching him. And, you know, he gets sacked in his first play and he looked lost like a lot of rookies do. But then he, you know, scrambled around and made a nice throw and that was kind of the highlight of the game and everything else was just watching backups play so right and yeah i I think that's what we're gonna see a lot right as far as um it just seems like especially with covid and everything else this preseason more than ever we could see i mean a lot of backups yeah and you got an extra game in the regular season you know you only got three preseason games i don't really know what the what the motive is really to play anybody that's already established yeah um i did see just because i want to hit on it a little bit and i, I want to talk and we're going to come back to the browns we're going to circle back to that uh we watched you and i watched a little bit of the first quarter yesterday i, I wasn't paying strict attention to that game but it was good to see trevor lawrence on nfl field we've seen justin fields with mac jones look great for the the patriots people i and, and let's get to this really quickly i i don't know I don't know this. I don't know Cam Newton. I don't know anything. He was awful last year. When Mac Jones came in, the the ovation that he got, I, I did. And I asked you this yesterday to think about this for today. And I, I want to hear you, and then I want to hear Kale talk about. This. Do you believe that Cam Newton is going to accept being a backup to Mac Jones in New England? Yeah, I do, because of Belichick. Okay, and. I just think that that's what he put up with. I don't, you know, internally, of course, I think he'd be unhappy. But if it was this year, you know, I think that he would accept it because I also, you know, Cam Newton's been around the league for a long time. And, you know, no matter how good Mac Jones is, he's going to struggle at times. And, you know, Cam Newton's going to get his shot at some point this season, even if it's not in the beginning of the year. Okay. I don't think he would accept it. Cam Newton, I, I don't know. Cam Newton seems to have a decently sized ego to me. You know, but going back to Auburn and Scam Newton, everything that happened with that, <laughs> I don't think that he would accept it because I think he's a diva and he always has been a diva. He's always wanted to be a center of attention. And for the majority of his career, to give him credit, he's played well enough to be to earn the center of attention. But no, I don't think he'll accept it. But do I think Belichick cares? No, I don't. I don't think he gives a shit. Oh, I agree with that one. So I don't really think it matters if he likes yeah. it. What's he going to do, pat on the sidelines? Right. Who cares? Um, San Francisco, Trey Lance comes out and plays pretty well. Uh, obviously, a game, again, that doesn't matter. But it's just kind of cool. I, I loved what I saw from Trey Lance oh, when he was in college. Again, it was only really a year and a, and a little bit, what we saw there. I, I'm excited to see his athletic ability. Obviously, they're making comparisons to Patrick Mahomes. Let's relax on that. But 
Uh, he does go out and go 514, 128, 1 TD. D, what does it take for Jimmy Garoppolo not to be the starter in San Francisco? What do you think? Just your own opinion. More games like that? Yeah. Um, I mean, if Trey Lance keeps doing what he did, they're, they're going to be forced to do it. Um, and he's going to force their hand. And it's going to be, you know, my, my prediction is it's going to be one of those classic things with the NFL where they go, you know, they want to start Lance in the beginning. They won't. It'll be like, you know, we're talking mid-October and the change will finally happen and it'll be his game from then on out. But, I, I mean, they, they drafted this kid so high, I don't see how they don't have it, a plan. Is it different season. there maybe a little bit? Because I think San Francisco is going to be really freaking I good. I think they're going to be really good too. Yeah. And, and that, if, yes. if Garoppolo can manage the game like he proved when he took them to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, one bad pass in the Super Bowl, they might have won that Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Um but if he can manage the game with that defense and you've got those running backs and you've got the guys on the outside, uh, you've got obviously the tight my, – why am I losing the, my mind on the tight end? Kittle, George Kittle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and Debo Samuel. They yeah, have a lot of weapons. A lot of weapons, a great offensive line. If if they start out 6-1 and one, or even 4-1, and one, I, I don't know how you pull the trigger and go to a guy like Joe. They got I, a Manuel Sanders like, too, right? Yeah. No, Manuel Sanders went to Buffalo. Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think San Francisco, that's going to be an intriguing thing to watch. Yeah, but you could also go the other way that if they start out four and one, that you know they're saying, "Man, we're doing this good with Jimmy G. How much better could we be doing with Lance?" Boy, that's Jimmy G has been. I don't know. He has. He got people sometimes forget how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. It's not easy to do. There's only one a year. The dude got into a Super Bowl. He was the talk of everything. He was doing all those things about how he's attractive, hot Jimmy G, and everything. And I didn't then hear he those. Loses the Super Bowl to Patrick Mahomes, by the way. And now he's and he just hurt, not an NFL right. starter. Like I don't understand. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see that. I think he's a really good starter. I think a lot of teams he'd be an improvement. But I I don't know. I don't know why Trey Lance is going to be a stud. I don't know. Then why? Then why draft? Not in their plans. Why draft Lance where they did? Well, I, well I, he's I, obviously not in their plans. I just don't get why he's not. I almost think that they're going to give Jimmy G this year, and this is it for Jimmy G. Like that's what I've got to believe. Now again, I don't know. I that's just my thought. Um, they, but I also think that he. Trey Lance is one of those guys that could sit because he did not. He doesn't have a lot of games under his belt. But also, he's one of those guys that, to me, felt like a massive insurance policy because Jimmy G has gotten hurt. Yep. we have seen that almost every single year he's gotten hurt, and that's even what Shanahan said was, um, you know, we've got to, yeah, we Jimmy G's our guy, but we have to have somebody who can step up. I think Trey Lance is going. to – I mean, do we see? I mean, is this an Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes thing, maybe, where hey, sit and learn Alex- behind? Garoppolo, and I mean, then we're going to pass the torch. I mean, Adam Smith was a well, – I played for a lot longer. Was Correct. a long-time starter Correct. for the organization. But Jimmy G's been in the league for a long time now. He has, but he's been a starter for three years. Right, I get it. Like, so I don't know. If Trey Lance comes out and puts on a show, if you give him a start, I mean, I don't know why you don't ride the hot hand. I told you, I think, coming out of the draft, I thought he was going to be potentially the best quarterback to come out of the draft. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, I think, could be a stud, and Zach Wilson's going to be good, but Bryce Wilson, Zach Wilson. Oh, my goodness. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Okay, I had it right the first time. But, yeah, I, do. I can see it going either way. I think they'll start with Jimmy G. And until he gives them a reason to bench him, I don't think they will. How long? Um, what, uh, like, what would, how long? I know you said four and one, right? Like, do they do it? Like, uh, what yeah, record? What re- right. But, like, what, what's a record that they would have to start off with? I'm going to say if you give him six weeks until he plays so bad that you can't give him six weeks. That's a long that time. Team, that team has such a good defense. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting. Also, 
newcomer Justin Fields. I, this was one of the stats of the week for me. Throws the ball 20 times as they beat Miami. 14 to 20 for 142 yards and a touchdown. And a rushing touchdown. How, how, yeah, and a rushing touchdown. How long are, I mean, Andy Dalton, right? I, I mean, I know he's getting paid a lot of money. I'm sure Andy Dalton's a competitor and he wants to be in there. As a, that, how do you not, if you're the Chicago Bears, start Justin Fields? You, can, you have to start Justin Fields. And I don't, I'm not sure if Andy Dalton will accept the, accept the backup role. Like, no, it's kidding. Like Cam Newton. Um, no. <laughs> He did last year in he's going to demand his way out. <laughs> it's a way like, to, uh, no to San Francisco. He's going to take over for Trey Lance. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I'm, Justin, you look great. But I, I'm, I just refuse, and I'm, and I'm probably, you know, not very fun to, to, to have to talk about preseason. I just refuse to put any stock in any NFL preseason game because it nothing's real until week one. And I know – it's real football, yes. They're out there playing, especially these rookies. They're definitely trying to um, show their worth, but I just – I can't I, – I, and maybe being a Browns fan has kind of spoiled me on this, but I've just seen too many good things happen in the preseason to where week one happened, and, and it's like all of a sudden you're playing against, like, level 10. You know, like it just changes right. so quickly. The only thing that I think watching preseason does is gives you an idea of what your roster could look like. Um, in terms of like, oh, this guy could make the team, or this guy could be a starter on our team. But I don't, I don't like, like you said, I don't really care. Like, if the Saints lost to the Ra- to the Ravens, are the Ravens better than the Saints? No, they're not better than the Saints. No, they so. might be. They might be. We're gonna get to that in a minute. Well, the, okay. and well, the Ravens are ready to set like a preseason record for like wins. Have you yeah. seen this? Yeah, like they haven't lost in how many years? Yeah, they're like they've been going eighteen straight preseason games, and and Harbaugh comes on their coach and like. Like, actually says like he's proud of that. Of course he is. And is, I'm that, just, is there anything more Jim Harbaugh than that? No. Um, <laughs> not Jim Harbaugh. Sorry, Jeff. The same same thing. Yeah. Yeah, Jack. Jack. Hard, that's why I just said Harbaugh because I don't know what is the, because Jim, I, Jim Harbaugh would would be equally excited if correct, if right? Michigan had preseason games. Yes, exactly. but um, no, it's just it it is really annoying, and I just can't believe actually people have kept that stat. To be honest with you. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, I couldn't tell you what the Saints do. Ever. John, John Harbaugh. That's what I said. You were right. It, I lost it completely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Tampa Tampa won the Super Bowl last year. Can I, What was their preseason record without looking it up? Exactly. I mean, the one thing know. that just took out to me was Fields threw the ball 20 times. That that was kind of, I was kind of shocked by that. But he did play a lot. And I that tells me the Bears are – maybe they're totally sold on Andy Dalton. I don't believe it. How can anyone be sold on Andy Dalton? <laughs> He was in his prime when the Bengals weren't sold on Andy Dalton. He had a good career. He, he had a good. He had a good career because of the longevity and the accolades he can accrue throughout his, the rest of his career. But Justin Fields needs to be starting every day. Andy Dalton was a backup plan for the Cowboys, who sucked. He came in and played pretty well for the Cowboys. They got hurt. They they However, play. he did. Let's not forget. They the playoffs. He did get crushed by a late hit, and not one Cowboy came to his. They didn't do anything. So I don't know what's going on in Dallas <laughs> there. Poor Andy Dalton got destroyed, and not one person did anything to, to help him out. So I don't know what you do there. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the Saints. because I, I, As Caleb and I are Saints fans, so Andy, you and I have talked about this in the past. And uh, Yesterday, obviously, they lose. That I don't even care about that. You see Jameis come in. Jameis goes 7-12. to 12, and only played 19 snaps, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, also, as Jameis does, he threw an interception, right? 
Taysom comes in and he goes eight of 12 for 81 yards. Now he, he does also throw an interception, which looked to be like a terrible uh, uh, miscommunication. Looked like the wide receiver ran a wrong route. I think here's my question. And, and I have said this now, initially I was on board with Jameis being our quarterback. I was, I, I know, but I was, I've kind of switched over to Taysom a little bit, especially with the inner injury and the potential debacle of what's going on with Michael Thomas. Uh, I almost think you have to run a more ball control offense with with Tony Jones, who looked great yesterday. He's going to be their backup uh, behind the other behind, obviously Kamara and uh, um, Murray. So, Latavius Murray. Was yeah, Latavius Murray. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Um, but you know, I, I'm just intrigued. Do you guys believe that you can win in the NFL having two quarterbacks play almost an equal share? No. D. Not usually, but it's happened. You know, I mean, like, I remember one of my first memories is the Giants winning the Super Bowl with, you know, Phil Sims and Hostetler together. Right. But no, um, usually, no, you can't. Just because yeah. the position is, it's just too special. It's too different. And the old saying of if you have two great quarterbacks and you don't have one. And when was the last time an average quarterback ever won a Super Bowl? I mean, it's happened. Joe Williams. Williams. Last year. Last year. Did you say last year? Last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's only happened like seven times in the last 20 years. But, no, I mean, Joe Flacco had the best defense maybe of all time as well, so that's a big reason. Um, I think you've got to go with Taysom. I don't like Jameis Winston really that much. I mean, the greatest thing I've ever seen him do was throw that touchdown in the playoffs last year. But I, I don't know who they go with. And, obviously, Sean Payton knows a hell of a lot more about them and about the whole sport of football than I do. And I'm sure he's got a plan, but I don't – I don't think you can go with both of them. I almost wonder if Sean Payton, today where we sit, August 15th, I almost think he doesn't know. Yeah, he does. I don't think he does. I guess he has a plan. Uh, no, I'm not saying he doesn't have a plan. I would never say that. He always has a plan. I almost think he's waiting for somebody to maybe take this over. Or get hurt. Or well, Jameis Winston almost got hurt doing the running back drills. He did. As that, 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 I uh, think that's why Payton put him in there. I'm hoping it maybe was like puss and neck or something. Yeah. That that's, I think that's why Payton put him in there. He said, we need an excuse. I don't know why we paid this. Right. Man. Just and to make. He, put him in there. he put him in there. He did him dirty. He put him in there with that red jersey so everyone knew who it was. <laughs> like, oh, I know that shit. That's I think I watched that about 53 times in a row. Uh, hey, it was cool to see Ian Book come in and play well. The the guy out of the quarterback out of Notre Dame. He'll probably, my guess is he'll be their third string quarterback, obviously, this year. Um, but I, I'm just intrigued. This Michael Thomas thing, I. I you D, D and I talked about this at length yesterday a little bit. I, I don't know what to make of it. You know, um, the team says one thing. We're getting one thing from Sean Payton. We're getting one thing from Michael Thomas. My guess is the truth lies somewhere in between. Uh, it seemed like it was all going the wrong way. In fact, I saw uh, Jay Glazer said it's not going to end well. Michael Thomas is tweeting out how, you know, one day you'll get the truth. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing Sean Payton saying, hell no, we're not happy. Uh, we wanted him to do this. He did this. He listened to this. Then all of a sudden, I guess they meet. My guess is they went to like Koshan, maybe had some good food, um, met over it. And now they're both like evidently both came away with a feeling much better about the situation. D, what are your thoughts about what's going on there with the Michael Thomas situation? Yeah, I mean, look, I I think he just doesn't like the quarterback situation. I I as as an outsider looking into it, I know there's injury, you know, discrepancies on who said what and what he should have done, everything else. But I, I mentioned to you this yesterday uh, when we were talking that 
in a day and age where players have more power over the direction of their careers than ever, uh, a wide receiver is completely dependent on a good quarterback. He's played with Drew Brees, one of the best ever for his entire NFL career. And I think he sees the the two quarterbacks he has, and he wants to try to find a way out, my opinion. So, um, okay, so let me just ask you this. It, with that theory, it, this all started last year where Drew was here. Yeah. Right? When Michael Thomas signs the big deal, like, we don't want to throw him. We don't want to call him Chris Davis part two. Right. Don't do that. Uh, that's why I said we don't want to. So then don't even bring it up. But I'm just saying. Signs the big that. deal. People are talking. Signs the big deal. <laughs> right. Mystery injuries, gets in a fight with a teammate, gets suspended from the team, comes back another injury, uh, comes back probably when he shouldn't. The team says you need to have surgery, doesn't have the surgery. His camp says one thing, the team's camp says another. Neither in the middle do they meet until now we get to August. It just seems like there's a lot of shit going on behind closed doors that I obviously know nothing about. I think what started it was Drew Brees' idiotic comments about the police brutality. It started immediately then. It led that he had those comments on his Twitter about and, that, and, and the, since then it's gone downhill. Except so, Michael Thomas came. Hold on, hold on. Except Michael Thomas on. came out and said he came back early because he wanted to play with Drew, knowing it was his last year. So he came back early, injured, and then decided this offseason not to get his injury fixed. That's what Michael what Thomas said. <laughs> oh, so now I thought he had the Clemson education. Well, Clemson? Michael Thomas went sorry. to Ohio State. My bad, Ohio State. Are you going to let him get away I'm with that? I'm at Ohio State, sorry. But it does make a little more sense that he did go to Ohio oh, State instead of Clemson. You like to say that. That's just... <laughs> anyway, but I don't. I love Michael Thomas. I always have him on my same, favorite players. Same, Big but, fan. And it's crazy how fast a narrative on a player can shift. From now, he gets called slant boy all the time. But he, and, but before that, he was breaking records in the NFL. Like He's a really good, really right. good wide receiver. And hopefully – Maybe we get through the season and go get Aaron Rodgers next year and make him happy. A lot of talk about that. All right, D, what do, you, what do you got? Well, I was thinking maybe that meeting with Peyton. Peyton said, you know what? You know, I'm going to put Winston in these running back drills, so we're going to have Hill as the quarterback. <laughs> and maybe that's what smoothed things over. I mean, who it could be. Who knows? I, I do like I do like what the Saints, I like what they've got defensively. I love their offensive line. I think that those two things win games for you. I do think Tampa Bay is the elite team in, in, the, NF, or in the NFC South. I don't tr- – Matt Ryan's a star. He's another guy that I think not a lot, not enough people talk about. They did lose Julio. Calvin Ridley, you could see him be a top-five receiver this year in the NFL. They got Kyle Pitts, who everybody – next coming to Shannon Sharp. Um, it's going to be an interesting season. I, I don't trust Carolina, even though they have McCaffrey. I just don't, I don't trust Sam Carolina Darnold. So I think that New Orleans – I, I did – Dean and I were talking about this, like, the over-under for wins is nine. Nine. Yeah, Nine. Uh, for FanDuel, I mean, now he's playing seven nine and eight. I mean, that's I would, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see. I know a lot of people are betting. I hammer the under. that over. Hammer the over. Interesting. A lot of people are saying hammer the under. So Caleb's saying hammer the over. What do you, what say you? Well, I like the 17 game option that still hasn't sunk in for me yet. So he's right. That's saying they go nine and eight as yes. the push, right? Um, I mean, 10 wins. I, I know it's just one game, but 10 wins is going to be. Much easier than it has been in the past. I don't know. Really damn good football team. Like they're good at a lot of things. And you have a top five running back. Well, let's slow down. Slow down a little bit. I mean, what? The the quarterback is everything, and you guys just went from a Hall of Famer to Winston and Taysom Hill. But we didn't because Drew was out on the last year. Yeah. Okay. All right. And he was throwing. Well, he was only out five games. Okay. Yeah, but when he wasn't, he was throwing. He was throwing quails. With a noodle. He was throwing quails. He was like, he was like almost for the other team for some reason. But again, I, to Dee's point, when you have Drew Brees in the huddle, 
and you have him at practice every day and you have him on the sidelines and you have him uh, at City Park with all his buddies out there running flag football drills with the little kids. That makes a massive difference. They were difference. three and one with Hayson. I get it. They're four and one. Four and one. Sorry. Yeah, that's I get it. Better. Right, I, right, right. Well, that's your answer then. Then there's no debate. It has to be Taysom Hill. I would agree with that. I don't think there is a debate. There should. I don't think there should be. I was on the camp of we gave Taysom a huge contract. Why did we sign Jameis Winston? Like maybe they it might have been one of those. Let's try and get Taysom worried so he works harder. Oh, I, I don't not, think you need that. So I don't, I don't get it at all. I wanted Russell Wilson. My my thing. Um, my thing all along. So last thing I'll say about the Saints uh, as we'll move on to our next topic. You guys can add on this. My thing all along was, in my opinion, and here let me get this out really quickly. I coached football one year, JV football one year. <laughs> I was possibly the worst football coach of all time. I watched a play happen. We went five yards down the, down the field. I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. And the four coaches around me literally lit up every single player on the field because of what they missed. I, I thought we went five yards. I was happy. I didn't know. I didn't know what you're playing bad. Halfback dive. That's right. Half back dive. <laughs> Coach, we got five yards, and they're they're just like cursing and screaming at everybody. I, I was I'm cheering. I look like an idiot because the rest <laughs> of the coaches are screaming. The players are looking at me. I realized really quickly the pulling guard. Not really quite sure what all of that meant until I figured it out. Uh, football coaching was not for me. So everybody take that into account, right? However. It just seems like to me it's more difficult for a team to plan for Taysom Hill when you don't know if he's lining up at fullback, halfback, tailback, the X, the Y, the Z, tight end, safety, punter. When you have to plan that, that seems like a lot more to worry about than just knowing he's under center. Well, he'd be seven yards back, I guess. That, that seems a lot easier to game plan for our offense because what you're game planning for is you're putting eight guys in the box to stop Alvin tomorrow. And you're saying, Taysom, you've got to beat us. And I'm not saying he can't. It just seems like when Taysom comes in and you're like, oh, we didn't see him coming in. We didn't know he was going to play in the slot or he was going to play out wide. That's a lot of different changes that you have to make personnel-wise as a defensive coordinator than you do if you know that Taysom is going to get every snap. I have two thoughts on that. One, if you stack the box for Kamara and you let Taysom get out and there's nobody there around him, that's a 90-yard touchdown. Good luck. Also, um. Taysom, like Jameis Winston, you don't need a game plan because he's just going to throw the ball to you twice a game. Exactly. And that's just 14 points for you. He's, he's awful, man. Exactly. I was going to say, it, it, Mike, your plan works when you have Breeze as quarterback. But, but he had LASIK, guys. He but there's no, there's no game plan. Like, you don't have to change your game plan for Hill when Winston's quarterback because, like Caleb said, you just tell your defense waits until he throws you the ball. Again, he had LASIK. He lost like 20 pounds, and he stared Dak Prescott right in the face, and he said, I'm the hardest-working motherfucker out here. How can you not be excited for Jameis Winston? Because you went 30 and 30. How does that even happen? I mean, How can you be so talented and so stupid? Well, because you were in an offense that you had to throw the ball 400 times I don't times see Tom Brady going 40 no. and 40. No, it's, Tom it's Brady the... had a little different personnel around him. Bruce Arians is still the coach. Colin again, again, different personnel. Oh, also, you were down 21 nothing. If anyone right is excited about Jameis Winston – like, um, you might be like, okay, maybe he can do something. But if you are excited, then I think you need help. All right. It's that, All right. It's the Clemson education. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Shout out to Florida State. Florida State? That's where Jameis went. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh. By the way, he's not a good quarterback in okay. the NFL. Hey, 
Hey, I'm on board with the Saints winning nine. Uh, also, and I heard somebody say this, and I don't know where I heard it, but eight and nine does sound a lot worse than eight and eight. Yeah. It sure does. Uh, it is. I'm just saying just the sound of it sounds well, way it is worse. Real, I, I said it is. I just said that. That's why it sounds But worse. it also it sounds <laughs> dramatic. It just sounds dramatically worse. It is. That's not. That's from making the like, playoffs. Well, eight wins. The eight wins. Last year, eight wins sounds good. This year, just I don't doesn't think eight sound wins ever good. sounds good. That's fine for some teams, it does. Yeah, if you like the Browns. Oh whoa! Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're. <laughs> yeah, years ago that would hurt. This year, I'm fine. We're gonna get just a couple cool things around the NFL that I thought we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a minute. Patrick Mahomes says we're bringing four Whataburgers to Kansas City. Um, really, really cool. As we don't have to have the cheeseburger discussion, but to me, Whataburger sits at the top. I've yet to have an In and Out, so I don't have the judgment there. I've had five guys over the summer. Uh, in fact, with D, I thought it was overrated. I don't like it. Thought it was overpriced, overrated. Um, Whataburger to me is the best. Never had it. For me, I have a one A and one B. All right. My one A would be High Point. Yes. Yes. And my one B would be White Cottage here in Bel Vegas. All right. Mine would go. Have you go to? Um, he had it yesterday. Brown bag beast. Brown bag, my favorite. Brown I did. I did. Who all of a sudden have been reposting all of my posts from Facebook? I'm trying to get on their VIP list. So if they're it listening was, right now, it was a gift card. Brown bag beast. I think the brown bag burger went eight and nine. Official sponsor of the More You Noble Sports Podcast. We will come do our podcast from your patio. I would love to do that with a burger. With a burger. <laughs> maybe maybe two. So anyway, I, I, I just think I, I'm a Patrick Mahomes guy. I like that he's not just set, like he works his butt off. I like that he's he's investing in the city of Kansas City as he became a part owner of the Royals. He's bringing Whataburgers there. He said, "Hey, if if I can't have to go back south to get it, I'm going to bring it to me." I like that. Um, I'm a Patrick Mahomes fan. I, I think it's hard not to be a Patrick Mahomes fan. Unless all of this is just like you, you know, Fugazi and it's all fake. I, I, but I like him. I do too. I mean, he's he's also not to mention like he seems like a great dude. He's maybe the most talented quarterback to ever play the sport. Like very, very positive. Shot at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is great, but I've seen Patrick Mahomes make throws. Aaron Rodgers. Shot at James Winston. Okay, stop. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. Patrick Mahomes, like he's made plays that no other quarterback I've ever seen with my own eyes can do. Right. Just straight up, he did it in the. I mean, with that Tyreek Hill didn't get smoked in the helmet, he might have gone back-to-back in the Super Bowl, making some insane plays. If he had any offensive line, I'm sure they would have won that game. Cool, cool thing for Mahomes, too, to come out and say, I played my worst game in the Super Bowl last year when everyone knows he didn't. Like, to me, that is him saying, okay, take the pressure off the off- offensive line because they were getting blasted. Because I saw Patrick Mahomes make some unbelievably athletic plays last year when he was getting and chased Travis by everybody. Kelsey dropped but, the ball. It was weird. Right. It was a but, weird really, but that's a cool, like, that's what leaders do. Yeah. You know, they take it off the other person. So, you know, also, and they bring Whataburgers to your town. They take it off the other person in the media, but they put it on them in, right, in right, privacy. Right. Which is what I'm sure he did. Like, you got, I mean, if you're him, they're going to listen to when you talk. They, and I'm sure he's gone to them and told them, hey, we can't have any of that shit again. I can't be running away. Like it's a wild goose chase in the Super Bowl. Any thoughts on Patrick Mahomes or the double cheeseburger with everything on it from Whataburger? Uh, they're both great. Let me hang on a minute here. Sorry. Um, the the only reason why anybody would not like Patrick Mahomes is because if they're like me, where you're jealous, you know, <laughs> that other teams have great players and your team doesn't have them. So that's <laughs> that's where the dislike, you know, comes from. But there's, you know, the, he's he's incredible. He's a he's 
just does everything and he just continues to do it over and over again. Just when you like, you think like he's done something that was like his career highlight, he does something else. And yeah, um, he just keeps getting better too. Like it's not, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I don't know. I think he could, end, I don't think he's ever going to get seven rings. No, that's I, just I such a crazy feat that Brady did. So I don't know if he'll ever be considered the GOAT, but I think I think it was crazy and we considered the best to ever do it. Not yeah. the greatest, but the best. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. Big fan. So let's hit a couple NFL things here. Um, obviously we're right in the middle of COVID. It sure seems like right again, like we are back in it. Um, out back to New Orleans. New Orleans invokes the if you're going to any indoor activity, you have to have a vaccine, or you have to have the negative test with that with anything, which includes the the the, the Superdome down there. Um, the Buffalo Bills say, vaccinated or not, you're wearing a mask in our stadium. Uh, I've seen other states. Minnesota comes out and says. I believe what they said was if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear the mask. If you aren't, you have to, which sort of got us to where we are now. Yep. Um, Dee, what, what, what do you think happens? With, like it, The NFL said we're going full board, right? We're going full stadiums. Um, I went to my, Amy and, and, and my daughter, Emma, we went to a concert Friday night in St. Louis where we had to show proof of vaccination to get in. And I'm not going to get into the politics of everything on here because that's not what we want to do on the show. But what, what do you think is going to happen with the NFL and these COVID protocols? Because when the NFL comes out and they say, look, if you have unvaccinated players on your team and they test positive and there's an outbreak, we're not we're not canceling. We're not rescheduling your game. You forfeit. And your owner is on the hook for the amount of money lost uh, during that week. What, what do you think is going to happen, bud? Well, right off the bat, it's interesting to me that these stadiums, you know, in some parts, like you said, are requiring proof of vaccination to be a fan at the game. But the players don't have to be to be in the stadium to play. Right. I mean, right there, that's to me just kind of is is strange. Um, you know, I, I will say I think it's a good thing that when you require vaccination uh to go to these venues, I think it's a good thing because you know, I you didn't want to get in the politics of it, but I will say that it's it's the proven way that we're gonna get past this and people need to get it. Um yeah. There's a reason that polio is not around anymore. And also, it's just also all the people that are going to the games. Like, if you're going to a game and everyone's vaccinated, supposedly, they didn't fake it or whatever, um, you feel much safer to go to a game. It just makes sense to me. And, I mean, you're being around, what is it, 60 to 80,000 people? Like, you don't want to be around 60 to 80,000 people that not wearing a mask and half of them could not be vaccinated. Like, that's not something anyone wants to do. So I think it just makes sense. It just makes sense. More people will go if you do that. Even though it seems like you could be eliminating some of the population, I think it could be the opposite and more people are going to be willing to go. And I also just think everyone should get vaccinated, to be honest with you. like I know it's become political. I don't think it is political. It shouldn't be. If you want to get past this and you want to be safe and keep other people safe, go get vaccinated. Yeah, It's a responsible thing to do. I think it's going to be interesting to see what a thing what happens with the NFL. I think that that these with these sports and these these clubs and these organizations, I, I'm yet to know and I'm, I'm yet to f- fully figure out. I think I understand that the city supersedes the team, I assume. Right. Um, so I, I'm intrigued to see how that plays out. I, I don't know. I, it's going to happen. It, there's going to be an outbreak on a team. It's going to happen. Cam Newton in New England. Oh, God. Again. Seamus <laughs> <laughs> Winston brings COVID to the Saints. I swear. <laughs> I will go crazy. Oh man! Oh. I mean, oh. if, 
I, I don't want to make light of it, but yeah, it is, it is going to ha- it's going to be crazy. The first team. And um, I'm sure it won't be just one, you know, I'd say Imagine it won't be, especially as we head to the winter months. Imagine if you're the third string center and you're not vaccinated and you go out to get some of those chicken wings in Atlanta, like Lou Williams went and got, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of establishment. And you come back and you give the entire, let's say this is the uh, Patriots. Patriots. Bill Belichick. Right, the Patriots. And you give the entire team COVID. And you're in Atlanta to finally know if they play, but wherever you are. And uh, you have to cancel the game. You get a loss. Bill Belichick now has to pay 70 to $80 million because of that. Well, no, imagine, no. Be, imagine being, well, Bob Kraft would have Bob to pay Kraft. that. Imagine being called into that office the next day. I yeah. I think I would just go into witness relocation program. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't want Robert Kraft. I would go full um, Goodfellas if on him. Kraft or Belichick were ever coming after me, I would not go anywhere near the city of Boston. No. Because those two people scare the crap out of me. <laughs> your your I, story. I do behind closed doors, but I don't think it's good. Your story was so slow. I thought you were going to say, imagine me the third string center. And Jameis Winston comes in to take the snap. <laughs> I thought oh. I was selling the Jameis Winston thing. <laughs> oh, but no, you're right. I mean, it's we're making jokes about it, but it's it's going to be scary uh, when a team has an outbreak because you know you. I mean, Miles Garrett got it last year with the Browns, and this guy might be like the most fit in shape athlete in the world. And he has talked about how it absolutely kicked his ass and, you know, it was just, just run him down to the ground and he was never right until like the off season. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, it's creepy and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I agree. I agree. Uh, To stay in the NFL um, chance of the no fun league are back with the recent (laughs) taunting policy. All right. I never I, – I played football in eighth grade, right? That was where my career ended. But I, I can't I, – I can't get over this policy. Like, um, the idea that if you taunt – like, I understand. Like, I do understand there needs to be a rule, and there is, but in place where these guys aren't going to midfield before the game and they're doing what – dancing on the star. Oh, dance, right, doing – pulling a juju, right? I understand that. And that should be a penalty. But can we let these guys have some goddamn fun out here? I don't think that should be a penalty. Oh, well, I mean, that already relax. gives the other team some kind of fire against you. I Unless it's something egregious, like there's slurs being thrown around or something crazy. Dude, you are asking grown men that are 300 pounds, 6 foot 4, to try and kill each other every time. But if they say something to the other team, they're getting a penalty? What do you want them to do? Well, they re- have to be aggressive. It reared its ugly head yesterday. Uh, Colts running back Benny LeMay had an impressive run. Nobody from the Panthers could catch him. Uh, he then flexes at the end, and the referee throws the flag. Why? That's why, my why, question. Like you're the most watched sport uh, in the world, and you don't and you care that much if guys celebrate because they did something incredible. He's actually celebrating. To think about it, because he wasn't killed by a semi truck. Running down the field, and, and I he heard, was able to get again. Fans. Again, I didn't play high school football. I, I do wish I would have, but I didn't. But I have listened to guys like AJ Hawk and Pat McAfee and guys who did play talk about how it's hilarious that the league accepts the idea that we're running at each other as hard as we can, as fast as we can, 
hitting each other as you put like trying to run through people and that's fine but if we stand up and we like you know what what is uh what's the thing that um the Watt guy does in Pittsburgh he's got his own little uh, you know his JJ Watt yeah J, no the other Watt oh, TJ Watt yeah he's got his antics at the yeah. we, well, they all have and now we're that's the that's where we're going to draw the line like this is a vicious sport these guys work their ass off every let them have some fun yeah, they don't have much joy in their sport, I don't think. It has to just be painful the whole time. Like, what do you think, D? Well, I got two thoughts on it. Number one is the hypocrisy, because I can't tell you how many times that you watch, you know, you're getting ready for a game to come on, the game that you're interested in, and maybe it's, you know, take the jokes you want, but maybe it's Brown Steelers, right? Or let's go more recent, better, Raven Steelers, right? And in the intro, like, that CBS will have for the game, they talk about how nasty the rivalry is and how this is going to be like, you know, so intense. And even in like the shots, you know, with the music playing leading up to the game, the coverage of the game, they'll have scenes from previous matchups where they're getting in each other's faces and yelling. So like the NFL is promoting it on one hand, but on the other hand, talking about how they're going to crack down. And then I can't tell you how many times I've been watching, you know, pregame shows and, as the teams are coming off the field from warmups that, you know, a couple of players get into it with each other as they're walking past each other and they'll immediately break away, break away from the pregame show to show live coverage of it. Mm-hmm. So they, they know it's a ratings booster. They're using it to their advantage, but then they're going to crack down on it. And the second and the- thing I have is that I really, instead of giving these referees in the NFL, like one more thing to do, how about we focus on, cracking down on these like, you know, terrible calls that we've seen in the past that actually alter games uh, like miss past interference that you guys can relate to as Saints fans. Yeah. You know, how about we like crack down on that instead of cracking down the players? Yeah, I agree. And also, I mean, that sounds a lot like something that was going on in the nineties and early two thousands with the MLB of these organizations love to use things to their advantage until they're told not to just like steroids they want to make the money off of it, but then they're going to want to be the good guy in the end and come out and be the hero. Are we it trying not to hurt people's feelings? Like, you, like you're okay with them hurting, actually hurting each other. Right. That's, but if you hurt their feelings, okay, well, then tackle them next time. I, well, then stop them next time. I turn on ESPN before the game to, to add on to what Dee was saying. There is, you got mossed. Yep. Right? If, if I could go over a human and make a catch, you're damn well guaranteed that they're going to hear about it. Yes. Right? Also, I go to NFL Network, which is owned by said NFL, and sitting at one of the tables is Dion Primetime Sanders, the maybe the flashiest dude to ever play the NFL, and I loved him for it. Even though I didn't love the Falcons, you know, whatever, I loved him for that. Well, I, I can't get over the fact that we are going – this guy, this rookie who's trying to make a team, busts a run, and gets excited because – Hey, His th- on the th- line. Th- right, and we threw a, a f- especially flag. a preseason game. What are we doing? What, what are we? And, and the, here's my thing. This is my scenario, right? This because this is going to happen. Like we talked about the other the COVID stuff that hopefully knock on wood will not happen. This is going to happen. Imagine this game. Let's say it's late October, early November. I don't know. The Steelers are playing the Browns. It's third and five, and the Browns are up twenty four to twenty one. And the Steelers are driving. They're at about the 50. Um, and they, they get a stop. And there's a minute left in the game. So the, the, the Steelers have to go for it. Miles Garrett comes right up the gut, up the A or the B gap, 
again, wasn't a great football coach, but I know those are gaps. He goes up one. He destroys Roethlisberger, causes a fumble. He gets up and he whatever he I don't care what he does. Are you gonna are, are you telling me they're gonna throw a flag if he celebrates that and now the Steelers get 15 yards and the ball? Well, first off, my first reaction if if it's late in the game and the Browns are only up 24-21 on the Steelers, <laughs> something went horribly wrong. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Yeah, they are, and we've already seen them do this with the hits on the quarterback. Oh. We're already seeing that. This is gonna be one more instance of those. And I also was wondering, like, the, the scenes the NFL is showing as examples of taunting that they threw out there, um, it, they always include players that are, like, immediately involved in the action. Does this include, can they throw the flag because the bench was yelling something? You know, after yeah, I don't know. Hit. I assume so. I assume. And then we bring our third center, the, that, that poor guy, third string yeah. center, back into the equation here. Also, we also know if you anybody watches NFL or NCAA, but NCAA is probably a little bit more guilty of this than the NFL. There's always one coach on every sideline who's maybe a little too excited about everything, right? Maybe he has some CTE. Who knows? Or he's he might be the strength and conditioning coach. Had a few protein shakes, you know, maybe a little creatine in the morning. Got a good workout in. He's a little fired up, and he's going to be running out to fire the team up. Are they? This to me, like you are again at the pinnacle of sports right now. The NFL is. What what are you doing and why is this is this owner driven? It can't be because that can't be good for is this completely um, Goodell and and is it driven by the referees because that they wanted something black and white on what to call. They don't know what to call. So now we're just going to call every I I can't understand. it. I, I can't get it. I'm just confused because they were getting so much praise for letting the players celebrate again. So you turn around and take it away. You, you can celebrate still as long as it is not at all directed. So what I want to know is. So Randy Moss can't poop out of football. What, what, no, that that would probably be okay. <laughs> but Miles Garrett can't end the game with a sack and then get up and like you know do the let's say they do someone. the old belt right the old oh. the old belt like people do. That's you what know, Ray Lewis did. Right, Ray Lewis did. Um, whatever he can't do that if if a player is so. And I heard this somebody say this the other day. And I thought this was hilarious. If you're, a, if you're a coach, here's what you do. Somebody makes a big play, and they get ready to, like, do the first down, you know, where they point, and they drop the football right there. You tell one of your players to run over there really quickly and slide under the ball. Ow. <laughs> uh-huh. Because then he dropped it right in your face. Come on, that and that's a 15-yard penalty. Well, I don't like, think really, we're going like, to allow I that see to the, happen. I mean, you can't just have, like, J.J. Watt slide in and with, get hit in the face yeah, of the football. <laughs> I want to see that happen. I, I don't remember who said it, but I was dying laughing. When I, when I heard that, I was like, yes, that's brilliant. Like, let's find a way around the rule. Hey, guys, we give up a long run. I want somebody jumping on that grenade and make it look like they're going to hit towards If you're a defensive player, especially a member of the front four of a, of a team, your only way of really making a game-changing play that's shown and known is around is, everybody. It's either tackling someone, or making a sack, tackling someone, or causing a fumble. Yeah. And how can you celebrate that without them thinking that you're taunting? I love the NFL. I really do. I love the game. But I hate the But I hate, I hate this. I, I really do. It's the, terrible. I, I, I mean, can you, what would happen in Cleveland if said, like, said scenario? That's I, where I it couldn't would even imagine. Too. And what if it's a playoff game? Well, that's, they're not going to call it in the playoffs because we've seen that where. Oh, that's the know. most Cleveland Browns thing to ever happen. <laughs> As if, like, Garrett makes a stop. To send you guys to the Super Bowl and they just throw a flag up in the air. Oh my god! Because that that just seems like the luck of 
the Browns organization. Why do we throw more subjectivity or into the, the game? On the table. Uh, I, why do we throw more subjectivity into the game? There should be none. It should be a black and white always. I, I, I How about it. this? Unless he says like a racial slur or something very offensive, guess what? Who cares? Well, here's what I've heard from every NFL player that they've been called every. I'm yeah. not. I'm not by any means talking about racial slurs here. All right. But they get called like every play. Yeah. Like if you're in the line, you're getting called something every play. And if you're on the on the edge and you're next to Josh Norman, could you imagine Josh Norman and Devontae Adams? They're not saying, Hey, what's up? Do you want to no. go get a Whataburger at Atkins Place? I mean, my God. On a real note, how many flags of Philip Rivers have had in his career? Yeah. He didn't curse, so maybe none. But he was he taunted everybody. He was like the I, meanest person. And Peyton probably yeah, I mean all these did. guys, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I got now. I am a fan of sports. I Sports to me, as I've gotten older, and honestly, I, I played the game like I didn't play at any high level at any sport. I mean, Division three baseball was as high as I got. However, I like to have fun when we played, no matter what it was. It's entertainment to me. I love the bat flips. I love the pitchers who get a strikeout, and they. I, I've changed more as I've gotten older. I like it even more now. Um, I like when a guy makes a big play. I mean, the NFL, you're out there putting literally your life on the line. And for some of these guys, it's not just a life. It's to put food on their table. It's to, you know, pay for their mom's house, whatever it what is. Need. And we're going to, like, I, I just, I can't yeah, get over I this. I, I, I got nothing, man. I got nothing. Well, I guess it just depends on who you face, like who you're looking at. You can't look at anybody when you, or you have to make sure that you're around your teammates or facing your bench and in no way showing any type of like uh, show up towards the other team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got it. It'll be interesting to see how many um, of these calls go against Tom Brady's team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be interesting. All right, last thing. Last thing, then we're going to get out of here. Uh, like I said, tonight, worst night of the year. I have to go back to work tomorrow. Um, not very excited to sit in meetings all day at all. Really have enjoyed the summer. Seemed to go by very fast. But yet, here we are. All good things must pass. So here we are. Um, last thing. Our guest, Dennis Pagel, Jr., and my co-host, Caleb Noble, have been at it for weeks, all right? Um, part of it was maybe a tweet comparing Baker Mayfield to Dan Marino. There was that. That was part of this. That's ridiculous. Uh, there are other things that have happened. What is happening with the More You Noble Sports Podcast is very akin to 1993, 94. Uh, one could be Shug Knight, who goes to the Source Awards, and bashes the other side, the other side comes back. It, it feels very reminiscent to the West Coast, East Coast discussion we had with Rob last week. As as I, want, I want you two to, to take care of this now. There, I want D to understand we have no hatred for Cleveland. I have no hatred for Cleveland. But this is, I, I am enjoying every single minute of it, I'm not going to lie. And I think it's freaking hilarious. But here, this is your two time, I'm stepping away, your two time to make this better because he is going to be our AFC North and our Ohio State and Big Ten expert. We can't have this kind of uh, Biggie, Tupac, late in the day riff. D, you go first. Well, I I get. is it Ben Simmons? Is that what we're... You oh. tell me. <laughs> You're the one that texts me first every time. I, I got... Okay, if we're going to talk Ben Simmons, and I don't know. I don't know how much NBA you want here but i got really first thing i got really upset because you turned me into like a ben simmons hater when i'm I didn't not turn you into anything. and i didn't want to be right, so here, I'm 
here's where it all where it all started. Okay, um, I think what was mentioned was on one of your podcasts about being critical, and it was Caleb being critical of the Cavs drafting Evan Mobley and saying that in today's NBA, he doesn't understand or think that Mobley and Allen, two bigs on the court at the same time, would work in today's NBA. Great opinion, even though it's wrong. And then then you guys also, though, saying that, though, you'll turn around and you'll also say that you don't think the Lakers situation is going to work out in today's NBA with Westbrook and LeBron. But then you guys go and talk about how the Sixers are nuts for trying to trade Ben Simmons when Ben Simmons' his game is like not fitting. In fact, going the opposite way, if you look at his numbers in today's NBA, that's what threw me off. So I, I texted Caleb and I said, you know, look, how can you say in one breath that Mobley and Allen won't fit in today's game? But then in the next sentence, criticize Philadelphia for trying to trade Ben Simmons because all it comes down to is this with Ben Simmons. And I, I don't personally hate the guy. He, if you're a ball handler in today's NBA, you have to be able to play pick and roll. You have to. That's what the game is all about. So when Simmons is now, he's not the screener, right? He's the ball handler. So someone comes out, someone else is coming up to set the pick for him. When that happens, right? And it's usually Joel Embiid, the face of the Sixers. When that happens, you have two defenders now that are leaving Ben Simmons. No one is running around the screen to chase him to the top. And no one is switching on to Ben Simmons because they know for a fact that not only will he make an outside shot, but that he won't even take one. That's the problem. So now as Embiid is trying to do the roll, the pick and roll to the basket, he has nowhere to go because these two defenders are in his way. So now what that's happened, right? Joel Embiid, your big man, your seven-footer, right? Franchise piece has had to learn three-point shots, three-point shooting because of Ben Simmons' simple, like, just refusal to improve this part of his game. And it's not, not accurate, D. What's that? That's not accurate, D. But, um, Joel Embiid's been shooting three since he got in the league. Yeah, but he's gotten better at it because of this situation. So you're going to blame Ben Simmons for Joel Embiid becoming a better NBA player? No. No, for Ben Simmons. I'm blaming Ben. Nonetheless, I think the problem here is that you're failing to understand that my point on Mobley and my point on Ben Simmons are mutually exclusive things. They don't relate at all. One is talking about two big men, and one is talking about one point guard. You can have the opinion that Ben. You can have your opinion of Ben Simmons not being able to fit the Philadelphia 76ers in today's NBA, and I can have my opinion that I would have taken Suggs over Mobley. And Alan, and I never said the mobile things. I don't understand how you took them as being related because they weren't related at all. Just because you think one guy doesn't fit the NBA, and I think one guy never say he didn't fit the NBA, just didn't fit that team in particular as well as Suggs did. I'm not saying they don't fit at all. I'm saying that Suggs would have fit the team better. I'm not understanding how those two things are even relevant to each other. Well, I, I disagree. I think when someone says that, you know, hey, what this team did doesn't fit into today's game. And then you take another team and say, trying to trade this player doesn't make any sense because he fits in today's game. I think they're definitely related. But it's not the same thing to me. I just don't think that I don't I don't think that any team is winning with two big men. 
like two legit big men. And unless Mobley has a better shot, and I, I was very transparent about the fact that I didn't watch a lot of Mobley and the NCAA. So maybe stretch forward beast. I don't know. But if they're two big men, seven footers on the court, they're going to be need to be on the court at the same time because they are obviously two of the top five players on the team. No team that is competitive and winning has that. Unless you have like a Giannis who's seven foot tall but doesn't play like a seven foot tall guy. Both of those guys play like seven foot tall guys. They're rather large humans. I just and I'm, I'm not saying it's not going to work. I just think Suggs would have fit that team and what they needed better. It would have made the team more athletic. And then you went down the rabbit hole of Garland being better than Ben Simmons, which is just a ridiculous. Uh, well, I didn't. Thing I didn't quite say that. I said you, you did. To a, no, I said I said any team would rather have Darius Garland as but their no point team, guard than Ben Simmons. One of the thirty-two that would rep 30, 30. 30, Sorry, there you can add two more teams. They still won't. One of the thirty that would take Garland or anyone on the Cavaliers since LeBron left over Ben Simmons. Not one. Not even. Listen, no, not one. Here's the fact: Ben Simmons. He listen. There's one team that knows Ben Simmons better than anybody else. It's the Philadelphia 76ers. They brought in Doc Rivers, right, to fix Ben Simmons. That was the major thing. And Doc Rivers was going to come in to give, either teach or give Ben Simmons the I don't know what's going on with him. But he just simply will refuse to take the Sixers' help on shooting out. He won't even attempt them. That's the problem. He doesn't have to make them. But he has to be able to be a threat to take them to pull that defender away from him as the ball handler. And then you couple in the fact that I think what against the the Hawks, he set like the NBA modern era record for worst free throw shooting. His free throw shooting is worst on his team. All right. Which then is making him be on the bench in close games in the fourth quarter because other teams are starting to do hack a bend strategy. So you can't build around a guy as a ball handler right now. If it's a big man, it's different. In the, but as a ball, as your primary ball handler, you can't build a championship around a player that you have to pull in close games because he's a liability at the free throw line. And Philadelphia knows this, and they're trying to but trade. He's a terrible free throw shooter all the time. He's he, always been a bad. Free listen, if you want to talk about terrible comparisons, you can't compare Ben Simmons' free throw shooting to LeBron James's free throw shooting. LeBron I mean, Ben Simmons is historically awful. LeBron is not a good free throw shooter. Russell Westbrook is a terrible free throw shooter. A lot of teams are built around him. It's um, not. It's they're not as bad. They're not as bad. I mean, Caleb Ben Simmons. Not as bad, but you can build around a guy that can't shoot free throws. Giannis is terrible, and he has the ball in his hands majority of the game. He might be called the, not be called the point guard, but he has the ball in his hands a lot. And I've used, and he has the other problem is that he takes the shots and he misses them, so he hurts the team. At least Ben Simmons has enough awareness to not take the shot. No, no, it's killing them. Did you see Embiid's reaction when Simmons refused to shoot that layup at the end of the series against the Hawks? He can't say anything. He's on the court half the time. They're done with him. They're done with him. They're done with him, and they and that's fine if they want to be. I just don't agree with it. Listen, and it hasn't been like and win a title. I hope so. And but Uh, also, hold on. Okay. Well, listen. If he goes to Golden State and wins a title, it doesn't it doesn't make these points incorrect. Because if he goes to a team like Golden State, he's not going to be the ball handler. Here's what I want everyone to know. I love Ben Simmons, and I hope that Evan Mobley is a star. That's what I want everyone to know. I, I love Ben Simmons in fantasy. Right now, or Switzerland, I don't whichever it is. Evan to be a star. I, am, I am the the neutral in all of this. Now, D does believe that 
Cleveland yeah. Deacon wants you to know. I, I am excited. I want to go to a Browns game with you. I want to sit in the dog pound. I want to root for them. I love Baker Mayfield. Oda OBJ is one of my favorite players. I do not hate Cleveland. I want to see the Indians owner go out and spend a ton of money. I want the Indians to be really, really good. I do not like Ohio State. That's because I'm an Illini fan. But I do want you to know that we are super geeked that you're going to be reporting to us for the AFC North, that you're going to be going through the Big Ten with us because I am excited for football, even though the NFL and their stupid taunting rule is terrible. I'm ready for that. So this, I'm telling you guys, you don't. I'm not going to ever release the text messages, but I, the fact that what my best friend is arguing with my son nonstop about this stuff. I absolutely love it. I, I look, I first of all, if I were an NFL referee, I would flag both of you for taunting towards the other one. You would, you would both be flagged and probably have your accounts. He your, started your, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. Started. started. All right. All right. No, all right. no, 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 no. We, we can wrap it up, but no, I was actually, I was actually talking every time. I was yeah, actually I no with you or Cleveland. Your owner needs to spend money. Um, Moby <laughs> might work with Jared Allen, but Suggs is better. And Ben Simmons is well, the only player in the NBA. We don't know that Suggs is better yet. Well, we that's don't. My, that was my three hot takes of right. the day. I'm done. I, I mentioned this the other day. I said how I kind of echo exactly what you said, Mike. I mean, this – I remember – well, I'll go ahead and say it. I remember Caleb in his Buzz Lightyear Halloween costume, <laughs> you know. And uh, I, I just am absolutely just amazed and excited that he's grown up into the adult that he is. And, you know, I can let him have it when he deserves to have it let to him. To be fair, since we're not video right now, I appreciate what you just said and, and calling him a, a great adult. He is sitting with his arms folded and he does <laughs> sort of look like he's five again. Like he he is sort of pouting right now. I'm not so pouting. There is That's that. Right. But anyway, listen. Here's but what he I, tried to take the high road and look like the good guy. Just here's, here's, what I, here's what I want. Oh, I'm not a good guy, Caleb. Don't worry. I can't wait. The I one. Thank you. So this was awesome. I, I thank you for joining us. Got a lot to talk to about the about NFL. We talked a lot about it, the Major League Baseball to, to bring it back. I we do need to have you back on, and we will obviously here soon. Um, but I want to talk Baker Mayfield a little bit. We've got to get into that. That's something I'd like to hit. Um, I'm a Baker fan. I want to see Baker get paid a lot. Uh, obviously, you put out a tweet about him wanting to stay in Cleveland. That's something I want to hit on. So we're going to kind of tease that for the future because that is something that I think is really important to talk about uh, with that team. With, with the the strides that he made last year, he's top 10 in QBR. I think that's something we do need to talk about, um, and I can't wait for that. Shout out to Ben Simmons. Shout out to Tyler Gilbert and his dad, even though D tried to, to run all over that. Um, shout out, <laughs> shout to, out to free throws. Shout out to all of these guys that are that are out there killing it. Listen, tonight might be the worst night of the year, of the year for many of you. Just understand that tomorrow will be better, guaranteed. No, it's going to be worse because you're going to be at the school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going very inspirational right there, and Caleb just stopped, stepped all over it. So, you know what? If, if it is the worst night of the year for all of you, have a drink. Do me a favor. Go follow us on your phone. Give us a five-star review. Don't forget, you can follow D at the, the D Pagel. You can follow Caleb, Caleb Noble 8 And obviously, you can follow our podcast, The More, no, more underscore Noble, uh, on Twitter. Find us on Facebook if you haven't yet. Please interact. We love every one of you. We love that you do that. This show is a blast for us. We can't thank you enough. Have an awesome, awesome Monday. Cheers. The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know.